It's football time in the Mid-South. Live on the Mighty 990, your home for the Briarcrest Saints. It's the Magnolia Homes pregame show. Magnolia Homes, live life well. Now, from the Mighty 990 Broadcast Center, here's Josh Rivera. Welcome to the playoffs here on Friday Night Lights. And tonight, Josh Davis and Parker May are live at Hendersonville, Tennessee, as the Briarcrest Christian Saints take on the Pope John Paul Knights. This is the Mighty 990 pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes. Live life well. And that's right. It's win or go home this time. And the Saints had an opportunity to send many people to beat Endsworth last week, but they did miss their chance. They lost 42 to 28. It was closer than the score was able to tell. And of course, from our coverage, unfortunately, there were some runs where it looked like Bradcrest had the momentum on their side. And that was one of the keys that I told that I said was going to be really important for them. If they could have some sort of uh, something to pull away with this, if they won, that would be a really big chance for them to to have you know the momentum in the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, in the final quarter, though, you saw Endsworth ma- making some key plays, and they gave the Saints their fourth division loss. And if you want to be, if you want to look on the bright side, though, they didn't finish under 500. They did lock down the fifth seed before this game too. So at that point, nothing really mattered. Whether you won or lost, you were still going to have that fifth seed, but you wanted to make sure you had every advantage at your disposal to make a deep run in the playoffs. But now, look, it's win or go home. At this point, every record is 0-0. Every team, no matter what season you had, it's over. I mean, if you lose, it's done. So this is going to be really, really pivotal for the Saints to capitalize on do or die at this point. So tonight, Brightcrest is going to look to stay alive in the Division II Class AAA bracket, which have them facing off against Pope John Paul. So let's look at the Brightcrest season in review. We went through 10 games. They finished 5-5. Five and five. So if you want to look at how their games went, they did win the first two games. One of those wins were really exciting against Houston, that last-minute uh, win. Then they went three straight losses after that, which were games in which they were already at a deficit. Those were one of the key points I had at every halftime. You have to make sure that you have some sort of a lead to go off of because they've been dropping the ball in that little run that they had where they just kept being down and down and down at halftime. And they weren't able to capitalize three straight games. So those are three straight losses. Then after that, you had a situation where you won three out of the last four. And then, of course, the final game of the season, you lost to Endsworth. So... Again, this has been such a roller coaster of a season for the Brad Crest Saints, and you have to hope that they pulled something away to give something, you know, to fight for. I mean, obviously, you want to play for the seniors, but with such a roller coaster of a season and that inconsistency, you have to wonder is this the last time we see Brad Crest playing this season? Last year in the playoffs, though, Brad Crest, they had a much higher seed. They finished the regular season 9 and 1. They did lose a close one to a lower seeded Christian Brothers 35 33. So they want to, they want, definitely want to, uh, you know, right those wrongs of last year's playoff woes. And uh, if you're Brad Crest, maybe that's something that you can pull away. Look, we lost a really, really tough one against the Purple Wave last season to just unexpectedly you know, finish the season. They were ranked really, really high in that bracket. Now you're ranked fifth, and at this point, you got to make sure that you leave everything on the field. So let's look a little bit deeper into Pope John Paul's. They've had a 7-3 and season, and they started out strong winning four straight games. So since then, again, maybe they've had a little bit of a roller coaster season on their own too because since that four-game winning streak to start the season, they've gone 3-3 three and three in the last six games. So if you're Pope John Paul, you have to wonder, look, we have a better record than Briarcrest, so we have to make sure that while we're playing in our home field, which they are in Hendersonville, we get this win, and we try to make sure that we can get past this first round with no hiccups. So some of the keys for Briarcrest, you have nothing else to lose this season. This was some of the actually the same keys that I had for the last couple of games, except this time it's a little different. The thing about the playoffs is it's win or go home. Basketball, football, soccer, doesn't matter. 
everyone, no matter what record, as I just said, you start out zero and zero. And at that point, anything can happen. You have one bad play, one good play, two bad plays, doesn't matter. It could be the difference between going home and moving on. So with that being said, you want to make sure you're staying within striking range. If you keep it close, maybe there's a chance that you can make something happen. A crazy play, a crazy interception, crazier things have happened. All you got to do is make sure that you stay within striking distance uh, and just make sure you keep it close. Don't let it run away. And definitely by halftime, make sure that you have something. You still have plenty of football left and you still have you know, some, some way to keep your season alive. You don't want to end on a really bad note, especially if you're a senior. And that's the last point that I have for Brad Crest that was one of their keys for victory. Trust your seniors. It's potentially their last game. And I know speaking from experience as a senior, when you have that playoff game to finish a season, specifically for basketball or football, when you've poured your heart into years and years of the sport in a, in, in a certain school, this is the last chance you get to make something happen. And if you're a senior, you're desperate. You want to make sure you leave out with a bang. You don't want to end your career in a really rough state. So if you're a senior... Make sure you trust that if you're not a senior, make sure you trust your seniors because they definitely want to have a big impact in this football game, especially those, uh, you know, that have been it, it, they've been part of this program when they were really good. Like last year, that really want to, to, you know, to have some sort of uh, new script that, you know, a tough loss in the playoffs last year. You want to make sure that they can, you know, have something to, to leave the school with, whether it's a deep run or even a trophy at the end of it, something. So those are my keys for Briarcrest. When we come back, I have some questions for John Varlis. Uh, of course, he is the high school reporter for the Daily Memphian. I'm going to talk to him about not only Briarcrest, but a bunch of high school teams that have their playoffs kicking off tonight. A lot of teams tonight, it's going to be their last time on the football field for the season. So, And I feel like there's going to be a lot of upsets. Something tells me there's going to be some teams that I'm going to be really surprised are going home early this season. So I'll talk to him about that and a little bit more on high school football. We'll have all of that after this commercial break. Now, back to the Magnolia Homes pregame show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back to the Mighty 990 Studios. This is the pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes. Live life well. And I was talking to John on the phone just a second ago how it's playoff time. And at this point, anything can happen, which is so exciting. That's what makes the playoffs so, so fun to watch. And John, thank you for joining me. He is the daily Memphian High School sports reporter. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, Josh. How are you? Oh, man, I'm so excited to see where some of these games end up. We could be talking about a lot of teams going home that we did not expect. So I guess my first question is, since it's the playoffs now, it's win or go home. How are you feeling going in tonight with many teams having their season probably ending early? Uh, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? How do I feel about... Yeah, how, how do you feel about going into tonight with many teams having their season probably ending? What are your thoughts? You know, it's playoff time. How do you feel about that? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's always a chance that you know, a bunch of teams will end up going home tonight. But, you know, there's always a chance that we'll have some uh, some victories, too. And, that's, you know, that's part of it. I mean, I think we got some really good teams this year. I think we have some teams that have a chance to progress, you know, well beyond tonight and, and you know, be playing, you know, deep, you know, be playing after Thanksgiving even. So it, it, it just depends. A lot of it depends on matchups and, and situations and things like that. But I think we've got a good chance to have some good good uh, good progress tonight. Yeah, and we'll get into that. Let's start with Briarcrest. They'll zero in on their season uh, as it, it could come down to the line tonight. They've had a, quite a disappointing season when you compare it to the record they had last season. So tonight they played Pope John Paul in Hendersonville, and many people wondering if this could be it. Do they have the talent and ability to beat this Knights team and advance for another week? Uh, they do. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely been a tough season for those guys. But like you said, Josh, it's, I mean, it's been uh, you know, a lot of adversity, a lot of injuries, a lot of, uh, you know, stuff they did not anticipate in the, in the, in the summer, of course. 
But, you know, having said all that, they've still got playmakers. They've still got a really good coaching staff. And, uh, they, you know, they still have talent. And as long as you have talent, you have a chance. Um, you know, I like I like what Clarkson has done here towards the end of the season. I like what Reed Linder has done towards the end of the season. And, you know, I always like what Max Carroll does. So you got guys like that, I think you always have a chance. And, uh, you know, obviously it's a tough assignment, and being on the road certainly doesn't make things easier. But, yeah, they definitely have a chance tonight. So you had an article that came out about nine local players in, in the semifinals for Mr. Football Award, and I was looking at that list. A lot of really good names. Which local players do you think have a good chance at probably winning this thing? Oh, boy, that's that's a good question. I mean, I, I think uh, – I mean, well, I mentioned Max Carroll. I like his chances. I like uh, Kamara Brown's chances for May, um, you know, just because they've been so dominant in their division. Um, you know, the, the, the 3A guys are very strong, Bar Joseph and Jamarian Dow. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, you just never know the competition around the state is really good, and the state of Tennessee has really good football players, as we can see from east to west. So, you know, just being in the top five is an honor, and, and I think uh, I think you guys could be really proud of their accomplishments. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk about some dark horse teams. I look at maybe teams like Melrose, who've had sneaky good seasons, really good seasons, actually. Craigmont, who's had a surprising season. Are there any dark horse teams that haven't been talked enough, do you think, are capable of deep runs? Well, I, I like what you just said about Craigmont, and forgive me, they're doing the national anthem here, but uh, I like what you said about them. They really came out of nowhere. They weren't on my radar this season at the start, but they have put together a really good team, particularly on offense. You know, they run the ball well, they pass the ball well, and, and you know, when you can diversify your offense like that and attack from different angles and, and, and with, you know, several different players, I think you have a chance. I really like what they've done, and I think they've got a great chance tonight against uh, South Gibson, and you know, that would give them 10 victories for the first time in the history of the school, and that would be, you know, just monumental right there. Yeah, that would be huge for them. So, I got to ask, with the National Anthem playing, I'm sure you're at a game. Where are you at? I'm at Bartlett. They are hosting Centennial in the first round of the 6A playoffs, and uh, I'm excited to see what Bartlett can do. They've got a great, great resume. They've had a terrific season, and a lot of people think Bartlett has a chance to uh, to make a good run in 6A, and, and we'll, uh, we'll hope they can get things going on the right foot tonight. All right. Well, John, I appreciate you uh, joining the show, and I hope you have a, a good time covering that game and all the other games. You too. Thank you so much, Josh. Have a good one, buddy. All right. Take care, John. All right. That was John Varley. He is the high school sports reporter for the Daily Memphian. When we come back, we're going to zero in a little bit on uh, some of the key teams in Memphis are going to have uh, some big playoff games tonight. And then we'll talk about uh, some other teams, or just really all around all the teams in the Mid-South, what their, uh, who their opponents are uh, as the playoffs start tonight. So we'll have all of that, guys. Stick around. We'll take a quick commercial break. We'll get back to it here on the pregame show. Your exclusive source for high school sports coverage, the Mighty 990. Now, back to the Magnolia Homes pregame show with Josh Rivera. It's playoff time, guys, and if you're a sports fan, this is probably the most exciting time of the season, especially if you've been following Memphis high school football. A lot of teams are going to be advancing. A lot of teams are going to be upset. This is the time to, to listen to some uh, high school football. Very exciting. This is the pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes Live Life Well, and let's go through some of the key teams in Memphis that have some big games tonight. We'll start with Mumford, who has just been crushing it all season, undefeated. And tonight they're going to be playing against Clarksville Northeast in the first round. And I'm surprised they don't have a bye. They'll be playing a Clarksville Northeast team that's five and five. So, it, it, you know, they're going to, they should, 
have a pretty easy game to start their playoffs. They've secured their first 10-0 regular season in school history. Now, keep in mind, this is the first time they're advancing into the playoffs undefeated at 10-0. They finished 10-0 three other times in uh, 2021, 1997, and 96. But they did have at least one loss in, in, in each time entering those playoffs. So they've, this is the first time they've entered the playoffs undefeated 10-0. So just for clarification, uh, they've secured many people's top spot in Memphis football. So I think they have a serious run to win a championship in their bracket. It's going to be fun keeping up with Mumford and what they do uh, for the rest of uh, hopefully the month. We'll see what happens. Bartlett, as John was talking about earlier, they finished their season 8-2. and two. They're going to be facing off against Centennial, who's also 8-2. and two. So as the playoffs approach, I think Bartlett has the most impressive list of wins in their record. You have Lausanne when they beat them number one at the time. Houston, Collierville, Germantown, they have all the talent to beat Centennial. I will say this though, Centennial is not a team to sneeze at. Centennial is eight and two. So you gotta make sure that while you're at home as well, you make sure you capitalize on this win. Get a good flow going. Make sure all the momentum is on your side as well. So uh, we'll see what happens with that Bartlett game. That's gonna be an exciting one to keep up with. Next up is MUS. They're gonna be playing Father Ryan, who's two and eight. Tough loss to Brentwood last week, but they do have an easy opponent tonight. Father Ryan's just two and eight. So what they need to do is just make sure you quick finish this one off early. Make sure that you're ready to go for next week. Father Ryan, again, two and eight. This should be a pretty easy one for MUS in their first round of the playoffs. Houston next. They're going to be playing Independence. Houston, they're going to be in the postseason for the 24th time. It's the school's first varsity season was in 1991. That means that they've been in the playoffs 77% of the time that they've been around. So Houston is no stranger to winning, no stranger to the playoffs. They've had incredible wins this season against Collierville and Germantown. I think they're probably one of the dark horse contenders with how talented their roster is. They're more than capable of beating anybody. Let's look at Germantown again. That's another team that has more than enough talent. They're going to be playing at Ravenwood, who's also 8-2. Germantown's had a fantastic season, but their first-round opponent has a pretty good chance to send them home in the first game. So if you're playing Ravenwood at Ravenwood, you got to make sure that you advance that game as well. Ravenwood is a hungry team, both really good teams. It's going to be a really good first-round matchup for sure. They need to stay focused if they want to move on. Germantown, I know, is very disappointed that they've had those two losses because they were on par at potentially finishing undefeated. Uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to do so. But 8-2 and two is 8-2. and two. That's a really good team. Another good, really good team is Lausanne. They finished their season 8-1. and one. They won't be playing tonight. They do have a bye week. They do have a first-round bye, actually. They're going to be hosting either Christ Presbyterian Academy, who's 5-5, five and five, or Chattanooga Boyd Buchanan, who's 7-3, and three, next week. So... Uh, Lausanne's going to be sitting. They're going to be getting some rest, which is going to be great for them. They've won six in a row since their surprising loss to uh, to Bartlett back in the third game of the season. So you have time to rest and be ready for next week. Collierville, they're going to be playing at Brentwood, who's 7-3. and three. They've steamrolled the season, the Dragons have. They've maintained a top three in many rankings until losing. And they only lost their first games until the eighth and ninth game. So it's been a little bit uh, disappointing for Collierville in that sense, dropping those two games that they know they could have won. Um, you know, but they've been pretty, pretty dominant. You look at Brentwood, who's also been dominant in their division. They've stayed undefeated in the division. They beat MUS last week, but Collierville might be the biggest test of their season so far. Melrose is 9-1. They're going to be playing Obion County, who's 5-5. Five and five. They've had a great season considering the mediocre 6-6 six and six season from last year. It might be one of the biggest turnarounds for a Memphis high school football team outside of Craigmont. So Covington, 8-2. They're going to be playing against Hamilton, who's 4-6. and six. Uh, Fairly, they're 10-0 undefeated. They're going to be playing Camden, who's 4-6. Southwind, 7-2. They're going to be playing Portland, 5-5. Five five. 
Uh, this is their eighth winning season in program history, and their first season was in 2008. So you look at Southwind, they've had really great winning seasons under three of its four head coaches, Cedric Miller, Raman Slocum, and Jerome Griffin this year. Craigmont, I just mentioned, what a turnaround for them. They're going to be playing South Gibson, who's 6-4. and four. You look at them, they went 4-6 and six last year, the best turnaround in high school football this year, because they, this year they finished 9-1. and one. What a turnaround. So we're going to look at uh, some of these last uh, matchups going on in the playoffs for Class 5A. I already mentioned a couple of them, but some of the rest is going to be Central at Springfield. Central is 5-5. Five five. They're going to be playing an 8-2 and two Springfield team. In the Class 4A bracket, you have Kirby, who's 2-8. and eight. They're going to be playing off against Haywood, who's undefeated. Ridgeway, who's 3-7. and seven. They're going to be playing at Milan, who's 7-3. and three. In the Class 3A bracket, you have Millington, 6-4. and four. They're going to be playing versus East, who's 5-5 five and five at Germantown. Riley Egypt, who's six and four, they're going to be playing Dyersburg, who's also six and four, and then you have Ripley, who's four and six. They're going to be playing Sheffield, who's seven and three. The Class Two A bracket has Kip Academy, who's four and four. They're going to be playing Martin Westview, that's eight and two team. They have Mitchell, who's six and four. They're going to be playing at Huntingdon, at, uh, who's eight and two. Union City, eight and two. They're going to be playing Freedom Prep, who's also eight and two. And then looking at Class 1A bracket, you have Bluff City and Trenton uh, Peabody. Bluff City finishing their season 2-6, and six, and then Trenton Peabody finishing 8-2. Then you have Halls, 6-4. and four. They're going to be playing against Booker T. Washington. And you have Middle College and Lake County uh, facing off tonight. Middle College, 5-4. and four, Lake County, 7-3. and three. Uh, Division 2, Triple A. This is the division that uh, Briarcrest actually plays in. You have Knoxville Catholic. Uh, uh, three and six playing up against Christian Brothers, who's six and four. Then you have Saint Benedict, who's at the bottom of that bracket, two and eight. They're going to be playing against a good Chattanooga McCallie team, who's eight and two. And of course, you know we have uh, Briarcrest and Pope John Paul playing tonight. The Division Two A Two Double A bracket, excuse me, has Davidson Academy five and five and North Point facing off, who's six and four. Then you have ECS, who's four and five, and Silverdale Baptist, who's seven and three. They're going to be playing over there in Nashville Lipscomb Academy. And then you have Lausanne, who I just mentioned. They have a bye. They're going to host either Christ Presbyterian or Chattanooga Boyd Buchanan next week. And then finally, the Division 2A bracket. You have Fayette Academy 5-5 five five, playing up against Donaldson Christian. And then Tipton Rosemark 2-6 facing off against Middle Tennessee Christian, who is 8-2. Uh, so that's going to do it for uh, those games. We're going to be so excited to be uh, calling what's going to be happening, giving you those scores. We'll give you those scores at the halftime uh, show, but it's time now to go to the press box at Briarcrest Christian as Josh Davis and Parker may lead our play-by-play coverage uh, powered by EPM appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we get back, they'll give you some of their analysis ahead of this big first-round matchup between Briarcrest and Pope John Paul. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back at halftime. Live on the Mighty 990 KWAM, it's football time in Memphis. We're the Briarcrest Saints, powered by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Briarcrest football, built on a firm foundation of faith, excellence, tradition, perseverance, teamwork, Christ-centered athletes of character. That's who we are. We are Briarcrest. Let's play some football. Now, the Mighty 990 presents your Game of the Week. Here's Josh Davis and Parker May. We are high atop the home stands here in Hendersonville, Tennessee, on the campus of Pope John Paul, where tonight the Briarcrest Saints will kick off TSSAA playoffs where they will take on the Knights of Pope John Paul. Pope John Paul comes in with a record of 7-3. Briarcrest with a record of 5-5. Five five. Hello, everybody. My name is Josh Davis. I'm being joined by Parker May. And, Parker, 
We started the year with breaking news on the Briarcrest quarterback front, but I think you've got a little bit of breaking news for Pope John Paul quarterback tonight. Yeah, I do, Josh. That's a great point. I feel like the first three weeks of the season was a different <laughs> quarterback for Briarcrest, and it's a big story for Pope John Paul fans tonight. We have been seeing number 15, Chet Lacks, who really started the season as a wide receiver and defensive back, played quarterback and played pretty well, in fact, over about 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. But the story of the night, Josh, is it looked like in warm-ups, it is going to be number four, Kenny Minchie, the senior class of 2023 pit commit who will probably get the start here for Pope John Paul, which is very bad news for Saints fans. <laughs> and He's he a is very one, talented quarterback. You were telling me earlier he was one of the you know highest-rated quarterbacks in the state of Tennessee. He's just been hurt most of the year, though. Yeah, he's only played in four games this year, Josh, due to a shoulder injury, but he looked very good in warm-ups. Yeah, and just to be clear to our listeners, nobody has told us that, but as Parker mentioned, he is the only one that warmed up the whole time. It would be very shocking if he if he does not play. Yeah, and the guy who had been playing quarterback, Chet Lacks, as I mentioned, didn't even take reps didn't even warm up with the quarterbacks. He was down with the receivers and defensive backs. So, look to be number four, Kenny Menchie, or if he doesn't go for some reason, it would be number nine, Sebi Nelson. Yeah, they were the only two warming up. So, anyway, a little bit of quarterback news. So, uh, on the on to the rest of the game, Parker, what do you see as the keys for Briarcrest? They, they've had a bit of a disappointing season, but the, the new season starts tonight, and they can get healthy as far as their season is concerned with a big win tonight. Yeah, that's a great point, Josh. You mentioned – Saints coming tonight five and five, but as Coach Stewart mentioned in our in our coaches show this week, we're zero and zero now, and so he takes it to heart. We did lose to Innsworth forty two to twenty eight last week, and my keys to the game, I have four of them for the Saints to kind of move on and hopefully come back to Nashville for a game against the Printwood Academy next week. You have to win the turnover battle. Turnovers going to be key. We've seen Briarcrest and Pope John Paul both very good at forcing turnovers. You have to have a good start. Briarcrest has fallen behind in some of their losses badly this season. That's really been the difference. You can't allow big plays on defense for Pope John Paul or offense. They have two deep threat receivers for Pope John Paul. Number one, Josh Melinder, who has 944 yards and 11 touchdowns. And number 10, Colin Cook, who has 714 yards and nine touchdowns. Both very talented. And you have to win the line of scrimmage. If you can win the line of scrimmage, get pressure on Kenny Minchie, who's had a limited playing time. He might get a little nervous here. Big game for him. Get pressure on them, get them rattled, and you're going to have a great chance to win this football game. And, yeah, Parker, that's a great point. And, and you know, as you and I were watching uh, them warm up, them being Pope John Paul, and, by the way, the captains are about to go out to the middle of the field. Uh, but uh, they, they had a, their running back, number 21, uh, Elijah Robb. He looked uh, – he reminded me a little bit of Deuce Scott at Brentwood Academy, kind of a full-grown man look to him. Yeah, he's a very talented running back, Josh. I mean, 147 carries, 839 yards. Comes out to almost six yards to carry. Very impressive room and nine touchdowns. He's going to be a force for the for Pope John Paul tonight. And, you know, I was listening to you and Coach Stewart talk uh, in the pregame show, and it seemed to me, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, it seemed like Coach Stu was really making the point. He would like to get, you know, we have obviously get Reed Linder involved. We get others involved, Max Carroll. Uh, but he would love to see some, some other kids that come to the forefront tonight. Who do you think he was talking about? Well, I think one guy he really mentioned specifically – Devin Johnson had a great yeah. week in practice this week. Awesome. Davis Walker be another guy. He had four catches last week. Potentially, Caleb Donaldson has been a deep threat for the Saints this season, averaging over 16 yards a catch. So if you can get those guys open and spread the ball around for Blake Clarkson, who's going to be the quarterback once again tonight, it opens up the, the field for Max Carroll and Reed Leonard. And who knows, we might see more of that Max Wildcat here tonight. So it is the number five seed in the East against the number four seed. I mean, excuse me, five seed in the West against the number four seed in the East. We are about to go to the 
National Anthem. By the way, Pope John Paul won the toss and they were deferred, so I believe Briarcrest will be uh, getting the ball first here. We'll be getting started here in just a couple of minutes, but first we are going to go to a, a group of young ladies from uh, Pope John Paul, and they will be bringing us the National Anthem in just one minute. Josh, doing some – when I did my research on Pope John Paul, I mean, they're, it's a very fun offense to watch. I mean, they mix up their formations, tons of different packages will throw at you. That can present some wrongs. And then for the defense side, their defense have a lot of athletes on very aggressive front seven. Could present some problems for Blake Clarkson in our offensive line tonight. Okay. We will be going – actually, Pope John Paul, they do quite a bit of a scene here, Parker. They they flash the lights. They get the music going. By the way, to the, to the folks back home, you probably are going to hear the PA announcer very quick and very clearly. We are literally right below a speaker, and you may be hearing this music. So, and here does uh, Pope John Paul comes out on the field uh, to a thunderous uh, applause here from their fans. They are dressed in all blue, blue pants, blue jerseys, and blue helmets. Uh, they have white numerals, and they're kind of, I think, Parker, trying to rebrand themselves into Pope Prep. as a co- they got Pope all over everything. Yep. So we may go with Pope Prep tonight. <laughs> a little bit easier to say. That is a little bit easier. And, yeah. and, and we will now go to the we'll national anthem. As we begin all events of Pope Prep with our invocation of prayer. It'll be first a word of prayer. Pope Prep Chaplain, Father Chukunanso Ohanaka. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God, our Father, you have blessed us with many gifts and talents. We thank you especially for the ability to participate in this game today. Help us to put forth our best effort to represent our school with class, to respect our opponents, and to grow as disciples of your Son, Jesus. Help us to play in a way that fosters goodwill and teamwork. Help us play to the best of our abilities. Keep us safe from injury and harm through the intercession of Our Lady, the mother of your son and our mother too. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now for the national anthem. Now please remain standing, face a flag flying alongside our scoreboard in the north end zone as our national anthem is performed this evening by the Pope Prep Choral Group, Voices United. Can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous flight For the ramparts we watched were so gallantly and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. 
Beautiful job with the national anthem there by the uh, young ladies from Pope Prep. They did a very good job. They're not one voice, but they They're did a very not, good job. Still very good job. Uh, who is one voice, by the way? Uh, it's a fantastic yeah. Briar Crush Choir. They actually <laughs> have their own record label now. Yeah, so I know that. I mean, that's, that's what I meant. That, that's not a fair comparison to anybody to, to put up against. And one of my favorite things when I worked at Briar Crest was one voice would be practicing out in the hall, and I would just walk out and listen, get a little yeah. concert. But uh, anyway, Briarcrest comes out on the field. The Saints are in all white, white pants, white jerseys, white helmets for crying out loud. So it's uh, all white against all blue tonight. And so, Parker, the Saints are going to get the ball first. So what do you, what do you, what do you think they're going to try to do right out of the gate? Well, I know Coach Stewart said he wants to try to spread the ball around here, but I, I would get back to the bread and butter. I mean, maybe establish your run, but I'd love to see Max Kill and Reed Linder get involved in his first drive early in. We talked about injury news for Pope Prep. I'd like to talk about the injury news now for Briarcrest. Two big injuries to look out for. Three, actually, King Johnson, who's been out this whole regular season with a neck injury, he's back tonight. He will not start, but he will be getting some reps at left tackle, left guard. And then John Richardola, who's been a stud linebacker for the Saints, 70 tackles. He's out tonight. Hyper extended his back. And then Cooper Allen, fantastic kicker. Partner. That's a huge blow for the Saints as well, Josh. Hyper extended his knee, so two big injuries tonight. Yeah, that is two big injuries. Odell has been a... Uh a warrior this year on defense and of course you know having your Cooper Allen's been one of the leading punters in the entire city all year long so we are about to uh, get underway here uh, it'll be Will Arbuckle into uh, a kick for Pope a prep back deep is Linder and Johnson for Briarcrest they're going to kick it right to Reed Linder he's going to field at the 20 yard line up to the 25 they tackle him and hit him and he's going to go down at the 29 yard line Fantastic tackle right there on kickoff coverage number 13, Ansley Ware, who's had a fantastic senior season at tight end and linebacker. That linebacker, 72 tackles, seven tackles for loss, four sacks and interception. It's an all-around stud for them on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, so Briarcrest will take it there at the 29-yard line. It'll be first down and 10. Uh, yeah, that is really, you know, this time of year when you're in your 11th game, everybody's got some injuries, but that's a couple of tough ones for the Saints. It will be. With number 17, Blake Clarkson in a quarterback. He has two wideouts to his right, two to his left. He's got JoJo Salim in the backfield. There's a snap. He's going to hand it to Salim. He's got a hold. He's out past the 30. Powers his way out over the 35-yard line. Nice seven-yard gain on first down, uh, Parker. Yeah, great job by JoJo Salim there. Great handle from Clarkson. Kind of a little bit of lane, letting his blocks develop. And great job by Salim. Big pickup of seven there. Yeah, JoJo had a nice hole, but he was also met about three to four yards down the field. He got those last three yards on his own, so it's going to be second down, second and three for the Saints. Clarkson takes a snap. He's back to throw under a little bit of pressure. He's got his man. It's going to be caught. That's Johnson. He gets up past the 40-yard line. That'll be a first down for Briarcrest. Yeah, good job by Johnson. There's an example earlier trying to get him the ball. Great screen pass. Good throw by Clarkson before he's finally taken down by number 52 for Pope Prep. Chris Boyd, a junior linebacker. Ball out on the 41-yard line. It'll be first and 10. Briarcrest going quickly. Pope Prep showing pressure, but it's going to be a screen pass out to Johnson again. And, boy, he had a little bit of room, but he just uh, slipped and fell down on the artificial turf. Yeah, kind of unfortunate there. This turf is not in the best condition. Walked down there with the team earlier this afternoon. But either way, Johnson kind of slipped up. Could have got an extra two or three yards. Still a gain of one, second and nine now for the Saints. So that's where Briarcrest will be there on the first and in nine. The ball's down the 42-yard line. We're just getting started here. We are in Hendersonville, Tennessee, on the campus of Pope Prep. This time, fake handoff. He has his man, but it's going to be an incomplete pass. Looking for Reed. Look, actually, looking for Donaldson that time. 
Yeah, not a bad route there by Caleb Donaldson. Great coverage from Pope Prep number eight. Josh Espinola, a senior defensive back. Now huge third down, Josh, for the Saints early in this ball game. So big third down. We are standing on top of the home stands. We've got a lot of noise around us, so hopefully you're picking up, up a lot of the uh, atmosphere here. Back to passes. Uh, quarterback, he hits Johnson in the middle of the field. He's got to make one man, and he flunges forward. He gets very close to the first down. It's all going to depend on where the referee spots the ball. Great job by Clarkson. I mean, by Johnson, excuse me, really showing off his strength. It's going to be a tough spot. Let's see where they mark him. Yeah, going to be very, very close. You have Blake Clarkson complete, and then, you know, a first down. So it's going to be a first down for Briarcrest. And one of the keys of the game that Coach Stewart talked about, wanted to get other playmakers, and so far he looks like he's looking for Devin Johnson. Yeah, Johnson with three catches already, paying off for a first down now in plus territory. So three wide outs to his left, one running back. This time he's going to give it to Johnson, uh, to JoJo Salima. I mean, he lunges forward, is going to pick up about three on first down. I mean, that's what Salim does, so that doesn't really show up in the stat sheet, but he looked like he was going to get stopped right at the line of scrimmage. Ends up picking up three yards. Yeah, he danced around about the behind the line of scrimmage, waited until a little bit of a hole opened up, and then he was able to pick up three yards. So now we've got two wideouts to his right. He's got Reed Linder to his left, got Salim in the backfield. Max Carroll's playing in kind of the tight end position. There's a snap, fakes a handoff, steps up in the pocket. It's going to go deep as Linder, and whoo, just overthrew him by about a yard. He had Reed wide open. That was a good ball from Clarkson, considering I was told he's not 100% coming in tonight. Shoulders a little bit banged up, but showing the strength off right there on this play. So the ball is at the 46-yard line on the Pope John Paul side of the field. It's going to be third down and seven for the Saints. Last week, uh, just uh, projecting ahead a little bit, uh, Coach uh, Stewart would go for it all the time on situations like this. Let's just hope we get the first down on third down. Won't have to worry about that. There's a snap, hands it to Sleem, and this time he is met in the backfield, and that will be about a four-yard loss for Briarcrest. Fantastic job by this Pope Prep defense. Ford, their whole defensive line, read it, led by number 13. Once again, Ainsley Ware at number 65. Jamar Jones, two outstanding players for Pope Prep, fourth and 11 now for the Saints. So the quarterback's still out on the field. Let's see, though, with the Briarcrest, they have punted from this formation in the past. And, of course, the Briarcrest uh, normal punter, Cooper Allen, is injured. Looks like that's what they're going to do. They're going to let the – and he just booms the ball. It's going to land at the 15, takes a little bit of a Pope Prep bounce and will be down by Linder at the 17-yard line. So we talked about that before the game. That may be one way to answer the fact that Cooper Allen's hurt. Yeah, not a bad punt there from Clarkson. He'll be down about the 16, 17-yard line, actually. And Pope Prep was kind of ready for it. They just couldn't get back in time to try to recover it. Yeah, and, and they had to respect the fact that Clarkson may have thrown the ball because Coach Stewart has shown he will go forward on fourth down on just yeah. about any situation. Uh, so, anyway, now the Brian Crest defense out on the field for the first time. We've got uh, four down linemen, three linebackers, and you've got four defensive backs in the game. And sure enough, Minchie will be the quarterback. He is uh, – he is their star. He hadn't been playing much this year due to an injury, but he's in there now. There's a snap. He's back to pass, but he's going to hand it off up the middle, and it's going to be about a four-yard game for Pope Prep. And there was their running back early on on the first play of the game, Josh, number 21, Elijah Roth, adding to his yards total almost up to 850 yards. Trey Davis on the tackle there, gain of four. Second down and six now for Pope Prep. We're just getting started. Eight minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the first quarter. Minchie barking out his signals. Now he's looking over the sidelines. He's getting some signals from their coaches. 
Got about 15 seconds on the play clock, so now they're set. He's got two wideouts right, two wideouts to the left. He sends a man in motion. He's going to throw it to the man in motion. Briarcrest defender comes up. They make the hit, but it's not going to be before uh, Pope Prep picks up the first down. Yeah, great job there by Elijah Rod, the junior running back, showing his speed up there, out there on the swing pass. Kenny Minchie, great throw by him on his first completion of the night. First down, Pope Prep. So Briarcrest kind of playing it basic on defense right now, just four down linemen. Got your three linebackers in the game and then the four defensive backs. This time they're stacking the receivers, two to the left, two to the right. Have one man in the backfield. Minchie takes a snap. He's going to throw a little short pass out into the flats. It's not going to be much of a gain that time. It's only going to be about a two-yard gain for the Knights. Great job by Colin Collier getting away from that block. It was a great block by number eight for Pope Prep. Josh Espinola, but a great catch for number 10, Colin Cook. Yeah, and that really was a, a really good play that time by Collier because he was being blocked, but he fought that block off, came up and made the tackle and held him for a short gain. So we got second down, second, and they're calling it seven here. The ball is on the 31-yard line. Minchie at quarterback. He's got a man in motion. He's going to hand it to the running back, but there's a flag uh, already thrown. Looks like it's going to be a penalty against Pope Prep, and it will be. That'll be illegal procedure, so that's going to make it second down and about 12 now for Pope Prep. And, you know, that's uh, uh, early on. That's something to watch out for. You know, the Saints uh, the Saints have actually been pretty clean this year. They'd love to have the other team give them a little help, though, with penalties. Yeah, absolutely. Now huge chance for the Saints, second and 12. See if they can get another negative play here and force the third and long, Josh. Six minutes and 58 seconds left to go in the first quarter. There is no score here. Briarcrest had the ball once, unable to do anything much with it. Then they hand it off to the running back. He's wide open. He's down to the 40-yard line running over people. That will be a first down for number 21, Elijah Robb. And just a dominant run by Robb right there. Breaking attack from the line of screaming point, running over another Briarcrest defender for a huge first down for Pope at the 41-yard line. And you and I talked about that before the game. That was a concern. He's a big, big kid and uh, he really used his power that time. Yeah, their offensive line isn't that big. That's where their running back, Elijah Robbins, uses his strength just to plow right through. That's going to be a first down for Pope Prep. The ball is on the 41-yard line, their own. There's a snap, and once again we have a whistle, and there's going to be another, uh, probably another false start there or, il or illegal Single. procedure. Yeah, procedure against Pope Prep. So once again they're having a little trouble getting the plays off. That's the second time tonight already. Yeah, and this could be to the new quarterback, Josh. When you, they've gotten used to lax the past six games with Minchie being out, and now you're going to see some substitutions here on the wide receiver front. So it'll be first down, first and 15 for Pope Prep. This time they have two wideouts to the left, have one running back. They've got a tight end in the game and a, uh, one of their receivers in tight. But once again, Minchie's going to look over to the sideline and get signals from the coaches. So he's set now. He backs up into the shotgun. They've got about four seconds left to get the ball off. They're going to hand it to the running back again this time, and he's got a little running room outside, but but this time it was caught from behind by number five, Brandon Myers. After much about a five-yard game. Yeah, got back to about the original line of scrimmage. Much better job there by the Briarcrest line. Brandon Myers on the big play for him in his junior campaign. So second down and ten now for Pope Prep. This time they're going to send three wideouts to the left. One of them, though, is going to come over to the other side of the field. So yeah, the quarterback actually has two wideouts to his left, two wideouts to the right. They are really taking their time. He is stepping up. He's looking over to the coaching staff and getting his signals. He being Minchie, their quarterback, who is a, a commit to the University of Pittsburgh and has been hurt most of the year, but he's back here for the playoffs. 
He's finally ready to go. Man in motion. They give it to the running back again. This time, Briarcrest once again comes up and gets him quickly. He still showed his power and got a couple of yards. But that was a great job of the Briarcrest defense. Yeah, gained him about two, Josh. But once again, it was Trey Davis and Brandon Myers with two studs, and it is going to be a face mask. It's uh, insane. Wow. Killer penalty. That really is. And that flag came in late, but it's going to be a face mask against Briarcrest. So that's going to be a 15-yard penalty and an automatic first down uh, for Pope Prep. Actually, they're just giving them a five-yard penalty. So Five-yard face So still a third and about three yards. Replay second down, so second and three. Yeah, so anyway, the uh, one first penalty of the night on Briarcrest. It's going to bring up second down and three. They're almost out. They, being Pope Prep, almost out to the 50-yard line. Minchie taking his time, steps back into the shotgun. Got two men to the left, one receiver to the right. Now he's going to roll out. It's going to be a reverse. It's going to be a reverse pass. He's got a man open at the, about the 30-yard line, and it's a great catch there. And they are saying he did catch it all the way down to the 25-yard line. Briarcrest did a lot of trick plays last week. There comes Pope Paul with one early. Yeah, a little bit of a taste of their own medicine right there. Great pass from number one receiver, Josh Leonard, and number 13, Ainsley Ware, the tight end. Beautiful ball. Huge first and 10 now for Pope John Paul in plus territory. So that ball is, yes, first down and 10. They've spotted it at about the 26-yard line. So Pope Prep is on the Briarcrest side of the field now. There's a little over four minutes to go in the first quarter, and they are really moving at a slow pace. Uh, the quarterback, Minchie, looks over and gets his signals. There's a snap. He hands it to the running back, picking his way. He has some running room. He's out past the 20-yard line, down to about the 17, going to be about an eight- or nine-yard gain on first down for Pope Prep. Yeah, could have been a little bit more great ta- great diving tackle from Max Carroll. The TCU commit for the Saints star on both sides of the ball. So they're going to call it a seven-yard gain. That's going to make it second down, second and three. Uh, Pope Prep is knocking on the door. They are down inside the Briarcrest 20 into the red zone. Quarterback Minchie uh, is uh, taking his time. Once again, he's got three wideouts to his left. He's running back. He's going to go back to pass, looking as a man open, and that will be caught into the end zone for a touchdown for the Knights. That was number one, Josh Melander. And, yeah, that was just uh, he was wide open there, Parker, just an easy pitch, pitch and catch for them. Two-star players for Pope Prep making a big play right there. Melander, adds, now that's his 12th touchdown reception of the season, and, Minchie's 14th touchdown. So into kick for Pope Prep. That looks like Coleman, number 22. Hard to read the number from here, but there's the kick. It is up, and whoever it is, he made it. It was number 82, Will Arbuckle 82, on the kick, and then number 50, Kevin Boyce on the long snap. So with 15 Chet Lacks on the hold. So with three go. minutes and 27 seconds left to go in the first quarter, it is seven to nothing. Pope Prep over Briarcrest. We'll be back right after this commercial break. We are high atop the home stands here in Hendersonville, Tennessee, on the campus of Pope John Paul, the Knights. And the Knights have just taken a seven to nothing lead over Briarcrest with three minutes and 27 seconds left to go in the first quarter. Arbuckle is into uh, kickoff, and he does, and he does a, just a, he tried to do an onside kick, but it did not fool Briarcrest. The Saints field it right there at the 50 yard line. Wow, that's a that was an interesting choice. Yeah, that was risky, but I want to say a huge shout out to Davis Ho right there on the onside cover, and he realized it as soon as he stepped on the field, picked up that formation, even told his partner right there, Hayden Parker, what was going on, and great job by him fielding that perfectly. And now Briarcrest will take over right at midfield. 
So Briarcrest yeah, has the ball at the 50-yard line after an attempted onside kick by Pope Prep in uh, kind of just a little bit of an odd time to do that, but they tried it. It's going to give Briarcrest great field position. Saints come out with Blake Clarkson at quarterback. He's got three wide receivers in tight to his left, kind of playing kind of a wingback type situation. He's going to fake the pitch, going to keep it himself. Miss Clarkson and Prep will actually kept him in the, catch him in the backfield, but he lunges forward for about a one-yard gain. Yeah, gain of about one. Once again, number 13, Ainsley Ware on the tackle. Just known as King Johnson down in the game. Great moment for him, his first reps of the season. So the ball's on the 49-yard line. It'll be second down and nine for Briarcrest. Saints trail seven to nothing. This time, two wideouts to his right, two to his left. He's got JoJo Salim in the backfield. There's a snap. Clarkson's looking, has a man, but he throws it over Donaldson's head. So now you've got third down and nine for Briarcrest. Yeah, huge third and long here for the Saints. Cannot try to – you got to pick this up, try to keep this drive alive and not go down by two scores. So Coach Stewart said before the game he wanted to get some other playmakers involved. So far, he's been throwing the ball, or the Briarcrest has been throwing the ball to Devin Johnson. They've tried to get it over to Donaldson. Let's see what they do here. Third you down. to go back to Linda or Carroll here, I would think. And they're bringing some pressure. He's under pressure. He's going to be sacked, and that may be intentional grambling. Let's see what the referee says. He does not call it. There was a man in the air, but it's going to be an incomplete pass for Briarcrest. It's going to be fourth down and nine. What a play for number 22, the freshman linebacker, Kyron Coleman, making a big play on the head on Clarkson. So apparently what the Saints are going to be doing without Cooper Allen around is they're pretty much going to line up on all these situations and drop the quarterback, Clarkson, back. Now we will see if he's going to run the play or whether he's going to punt it. I did see Logan Taylor get some reps at punter. But there it is, Clarkson once again to punt. And a low-line driver is going to land the 10. This time it's going to bounce all the way into the end zone. And the good thing about this, Parker, I guess, is that, uh, you know, Pope Prep is is will not put a man back as long as they think the Saints might run the play. So it's pretty much of a, a free kick for Clarkson. Yeah, if he can get enough air on it one time, you, get the, you can get Pope Prep down into the 10-yard line. That time the ball landed at the 10 and then kicked into the end zone. So Pope Prep leading 7 to nothing, uh, will take over on the 20-yard uh, line. And, yeah, Parker, the Saints had a golden opportunity there with great field position, just unable to cash in. Yeah, really unfortunate situation there. I mean, you got the onside kick. It was a great recovery and then only managed to gain one yard on that drive. So Pope Prep will take back over. It'll be first down and 10. The ball is on the 20-yard line. Their quarterback, Minchie, looks over the sidelines. He has his play. There's a snap. He's going to hand it to the running back, dancing around the backfield. Now he gets to the outside up to 25, lowers his head and gets up to the 30-yard line. Actually, he'll be about a half yard short. It'll be second down and one for Pope. It was a great run by the running back from Pope Prep, Elijah Robb, but a big tackle right there from Cannon LaRusso and Trey Davis. LaRusso, a little shaken up there to that big hit. Holden, they will now check in for him at safety. So Pep, Pope Prep now doing what they've always done. They're, they line up, look like they're ready to go. Then they stand up, and the quarterback looks over the sidelines. He's got two coaches over here signaling plays in. Looks like he is ready. There's still about 13 seconds left on the play clock. A little over two minutes to go till the first quarter ends, and now they snap the ball, and a whistle blows right as a snap, and there is a flag on that for the third time now. That is going to be an illegal procedure call against Pope Prep. They may be taking too much time, Parker. Yeah, I, don't, I, I still think it might be just a new quarterback. They're still trying to get adjustment. Maybe not on the same page there. Not, not sure how many reps Minshew was able to get in practice this week, but either way, now it backs up to second and six for Pope Prep. Second down, nice need. Yeah, second down and six for the 
Knights of Pope Prep. They come in tonight with a 7-3 record. They are the number four seed in the Eastern Division. There's a snap. Minchie back to pass under a little bit of pressure, but he has his man called the 25 up to the 30, still on his feet up to the 35-yard line. That is number uh, 21, Elijah, Elijah Robb, and he's having a big game, Parker. Yeah, big game early, Josh. It's only the first quarter. Robb continues to be a playmaker for this night's offense. Great tackle there on the diving tackled by Trey Davis this third of the evening. And so far, Pope Prep is really just giving Minchie really pretty simple passes. He hadn't gone downfield much at all. Yeah, just kind of really trying to slowly work his way into the game. It did hit Melinda on that 19-yard touchdown. It's kind of just been him and Elijah Rob this whole game so far. So the ball is on the 36-yard line. It's first down and 10. There's a snap. Minchie back to pass. He has a man once again up to the 40-yard line. Briarcrest will come up wrestling out of bounds at the 42, but that's going to be about a six-yard gain for the Knights. Yeah, wide open Colin Cook. That's their number two receiver. That's a guy I don't I don't think you should ever leave wide open. He's had a fantastic season. 714 yards, nine touchdowns. Continues to be an easy target for Minchie. Yeah, and a lot of these passes are really easy for Minchie. Like I said, they're not throwing the ball downfield. These are out into the flats, into the to the running back in the backfield, but uh, been very effective uh, nonetheless. Yeah, just kind of slowly trying to work Minchie into the rhythm here tonight. So second down and four, balls on the 42. There's a snap. Going to hand it to the running back this time, and he's got a hole once again. He's going to power his way almost after the 50-yard line. He's going to be down on 49, and that will be another first down for Pope Prep. I mean, Elijah Rob, Josh, continues to be impressive so far in this first quarter. Just impressing his dominance tonight. Jay Setzer and Troy Davis on the tackle. Yeah, very physical runner is Rob. Uh, Very hard to bring down on the first contact. Uh, and, you know, Pope Prep looking over to get the signal. I, I would just keep handing it to 21 if I was them, but they didn't ask me. So, And that will be the end of the first quarter, and at the end of the first quarter it will be Pope Prep, the Knights leading Briarcrest 7 to nothing. You're listening to Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. We are back in Hendersonville, Tennessee, where the Pope Prep Knights lead Briarcrest 7 to nothing. We are just about to start the second quarter here. Pope Prep has it on the has it first down, first and ten. The ball is on their own 49-yard line, and they will take over from there. Quarterback Minchie has two wideouts left, has one running back in the backfield. He'll hand it to that one one running back. That's Rob. This time Briarcrest comes up and hits him early, but just his leg his leg is so powerful that even when one man hits him, he still lunges forward for about five yards. I mean, that was so impressive, Josh. I, mean, I think he got hit by three different Saints defenders. Jay Setzer and Max Carroll finally able to bring him down, but he got a great block that time for number 65, Jamar Jones. So second down, second and five for Pope Prep. Ball's now on the 46-yard line on the Briarcrest side of the field. So Pope Prep calling out their signals. Like I said, they're being very deliberate. Got two wideouts to the right, two to the left. There's a snap. Minchie's going to throw it to one of those wideouts. Going to be a double pass again. This time the man's in double and triple coverage. Oh, and Max Carroll almost should have intercepted that ball, hit him right in the hands. I'm stunned that Max Carroll dropped that ball. That's so uncharacteristic to him. Either way, it is a big stop now. Third and medium, third and five to go here for Pope Brett. That's just... That's one of those plays for Saints fans that you needed to go your way if you want to have a chance of winning this football game. Well, the first time Pope Prep ran a, a trick play, they had the man wide open. That time he was triple covered, so Briarcrest did not fall for it and, yeah, really should have intercepted that football. That's going to be a play, Josh, looking back on it. That, that could be the difference in this ball game. forced turnover. So Minchie 
With it third down, third and five. This is a big play for the Briarcrest defense. He's back to pass. Got plenty of time. He has a man, but he overthrows him this time. So that's going to bring up fourth down and five for Pope Prep. Now they've been running a lot of trick plays, onside kicks. Let's see if well they're going to bring the punt team in. I thought they might be uh, a try. Yeah, I wouldn't, have been, I wouldn't have been stunned if they left the offense on the field. Number eight, Josh Espinola, the number three receiver, was the intended target on the play. Minchie's kind of overthrew him a little bit. Still pretty impressive first two drives there from Menchie. So Joey Gritza is the punter for Pope Prep, and he is in the punt now. The ball is on the 46-yard line. Gritza is back a low snap, back to the 40s, a low wobbly kick. It's going to land the 25. Briarcrest will now let it roll, and it's actually going to be fielded by JoJo on about the 10. He's still dancing around and gets it at the 15-yard line. That was a really difficult ball to, to handle for Salim because you just it was rolling around uncontrollably, but he finally picked it up. Yeah, not a great punt, but good job by Slim to still manage to get five yards out of that. Gives Blake Clarkson and the Saints offense a little bit more room. They'll start on their own 15-yard line. And Josh, what are you trying to do here if you're Robbie Donaldson, the offensive coordinator on this drive where you kind of need some points? Well, I mean, they've been trying to do with Coach Stewart. They've been trying to get other playmakers involved. It might be time to go to your bread and butter, Reed Linder, Max Carroll, and, and call it a day. Yeah, that's what I was kind of shocked. He said that in the pregame show. Just, I mean, we saw how, ta- how impressive they were last week, combining for 200 yards and four touchdowns. So Clarkson back to pass. He's going to throw it to Salim. Salim cuts up field. He's to the line of scrimmage. He gets a little bit of a hole and is going to get all the way out to the 25-yard line. That's going to be very close to a Briarcrest first down. Great job by Joseph Salim and Max Carroll there with a great block outside. Stiff-arming a defender, and it should be enough for a Briarcrest first down. Yeah, they will spot that actually out on the 26. So, yeah, that will be a first down for the Saints. It'll be first and 10, ball at the 26-yard line of Briarcrest. Blake Clarkson in a quarterback, three wideouts to his right, one wideout to his left. He's going to give it to Salim. Salim does have the corner. He's up to the 30, up to the 35, and a hard tackle there. Going to be about a yard short of the first down. Tough tackle, but he's still got nine yards. Tough tackle. That's an unbelievable tackle, number 13, Ainsley Ware for the Knights. He continues to have a fantastic season. Now that's his 75th tackle, Josh, on the season. And they're actually going to give him the first down. Now the, at least the chain crew is trying to. I believe the referee is now saying he believes he's just a little bit short. He looked like about a half yard short to me, and I think that's what the referees are discussing right now. Yeah, I do believe it should have been about second, about one. I mean, the last first down was about the 26. This ball spotted right at the 35, so, I mean, it should be about half a yard short. Yeah, the, the the chain crew got a little anxious that time. They just kind of took off and started moving down, but it's actually going to be second and very short, probably about a uh, – about, yeah, about, I guess about a full yard, so – Second down and one. Clarkson back at quarterback has three wideouts uh, to one side and one to the other. He's going to fake the handoff, going to keep him. Ah, and he fumbles the ball, and it's rolling loose on the ground. Let's see what the referee says. I think Pope Prep got it, and they did. I guess the only question there, Parker, was was he throwing it, but it didn't look like he was to me. I mean, to me, it looked like he was trying to throw the football, Josh, if I'm being honest. I mean, it looked like he was trying to get a play out. Either way, it is going to be a fumble for the Saints, and now – Pope John Paul will take over in great field position at the Briarcrest 41-yard line. This is going to be a huge drive for defensive coordinator Brandon Tucker and his crew. Yeah, that was a tough break for Briarcrest. He had the ball up in the air, and it was very, very close, but the referee called it a fumble. Pope Prep will get it. Ball is spotted at the 41-yard line. They are on the Briarcrest side of the field. They are going through their normal routine. Minchie will uh, look over to the sideline, get his signals. He is now ready. He has uh, a man in motion. 
Then the ball is snapped. He will hand it to the running back right up the middle, running room up to the 35, up to the 30, still on his feet, down to the 25-yard line is a running back, Rob. And, I, you know, I don't know what else to say. He's just a load. Elijah Rob, it's another running back that the Saints have had trouble stopping. We've seen them all year with Damon sees at Houston. You talked about kind of comparison to Deuce Scott over Brentwood Academy. By the way, whoever wins this game tonight will play Brentwood next week back here in the Nashville area. But right now, Pope Prep is leading Briarcrest 7 to nothing with a little under 10 minutes to go till halftime. Back to pass. Got a man. It's caught at the 20. Nice job by Briarcrest, but there is a penalty flag on the field. Illegal receiver downfield looks like it's going to be the call. Yeah, number 71, their left tackle is about 10 yards downfield in a little five-yard curl route. And that's really difficult to do. Normally you see those ineligible men downfield when the quarterback scrambles a lot. He just stood up and passed the ball. It, it might have been a little another you know example of the miscommunication going on for Pope Prep. Yeah, big break there for the Saints. It was a good five-yard game. Williams made a nice tackle for Briarcrest, and now it's going to be – First and 20. Yeah, big 10-yard walk-off against the Knights that time. They're all the way back to the 35-yard line. They are marching, though. They are on the Briarcrest side of the field, but it is first and 20. They've got to get all the way down to the 15 for a first down. There's the snap. Hands the ball off. Looking for room. Is going to have a little bit. It's going to get down to about the 30-yard line, so that'll be a five-yard gain for Rob on first down. Yeah, I got half the penalty yards back. Great tackle from number 66. Great Grant Brantley of the Briarcrest defensive line coming from behind to hit the running back, Elijah Robb. So second down and 15 for the Knights. They are running a receiver into the game. Um, trying to get the set. That's Chet Lax, who has been playing quarterback for them, comes in to play receiver. Shows the athleticism of Chet Lax, who's a great quarterback, and now he comes back as a receiver where he played his first four games of the season. I guess one thing you can say, the, as slow as Pope Prep is moving, it is kind of it's making this game go quickly. This time they pass, the ball's going to be incomplete, and there's another penalty flag comes in very late. Be interesting to see this one. Not really sure. Looks like it is going to be on Pope Prep. Another ineligible man downfield. Yeah, he was pointing to the – he had a – it's kind of an animated conversation with the coach, the ref did, and he was pointing right to where the lineman was. So it's going to be a second 10-yard walk-off uh, against the Knights. I believe that's the second one on sophomore left tackle number 71, Sam Spicer, who's had a pretty good season so far in his sophomore campaign, been one of their dominant linemen. Yeah, it's really unusual to see – uh, these uh, ineligible linemen downfield on these very quick passes. Like I said earlier, normally if a quarterback scrambles around and then decides to pass late, that's when it happens. But these have just been very short, uh, very quick pass plays. And now it's right back to second and 25. Second down, 25. Ball's all the way back to the 40 now for Pope Prep. Minchie looks over to the sidelines. He's getting the signals in. He walks up. He talks to the offensive lineman. Now he will back up. And take the snap here in just a second. He's worked the uh, play clock all the way down inside 10 seconds. There's a snap. Takes the handoff. Back to pass. Has a man wide open at the 35-yard line. Up to the 30, but Briarcrest comes up and makes a beautiful tackle at the 28. That was number seven for the Saints, Colin Collier. Big tackle right there by Colin Collier. Still third and long. Third and about 13 now for the Knights, but that's a bad look for the Saints defense. They just continue to let these o these receivers get over on these short routes. We see them on the curl routes and right there on the drag route. Yeah, early on Briarcrest is playing their defense pretty much straight up. They're uh, uh, not showing a lot of pressure. They're playing, uh, you know, keeping the linebackers back a little bit. Let's see if they keep doing that. 
Uh, Pope Prep has moved the ball a lot, but they've so far have only scored seven points. There's going to be the handoff to the running back. He's going to be tripped up early this time. Will only gain a couple, so that's going to bring up a fourth down and long. And one thing, uh, Parker, I wasn't able to to discern in looking up Pope Prep's statistics. I don't know what kind of range their field goal kicker has. Not great. I've been told. I was looking at it on Max Trips. I believe their field goal is long. It's about a 33 yarder. This is definitely out of the range. This will be a 41-yarder from here. So the men see in the offense will stay on the field. And a huge 4th and 11 for the Briarcrest defense. Got to find a way to get a stop here if you want to stay in this football game. Yeah, big moment in this game. The Knights are going to leave their quarterback, number four, Kenny Minchie, out on the field. He has two wideouts to his right, two to the left. He has a running back right beside him. He's going to snap the ball. He's back to pass. He's looking. He's looking. He's got plenty of time. Now he may run it. Now he will throw it as a man wide open in the end zone, and that will be a touchdown for Pope Prep. Wide open that time, Parker. Beautiful throw by Minchie. Great patience by the pit commit quarterback. Acted like he was going to step up and run it for the first down, but great throw to his other favorite target, number 10, Colin Cook. They're, those two have had it. Beautiful catches this year. That's now their 22nd combined touchdown. And you've just got to give a lot of credit to their offensive line because Minchie had just all sorts of time. And when any time a quarterback has that much time, eventually he's going to find somebody open uh, like he did there. So in the kick for Pope Prep is Arbuckle. It snap is back. The kick is up, and the kick is good. So with seven minutes and 13 seconds left to go in the second quarter, Pope Prep leads Briarcrest 14 to nothing. We'll be back right after this commercial break. It is round one of the TSSAA playoffs. It is Briarcrest Christian School against Pope John Paul Knights. Pope John Paul, they they like to be called Pope Prep now, are leading 14 to nothing over Briarcrest. Just a a beautiful pass and catch that time. Uh, The pass coming from their quarterback, number four, Kenny Minchie. Arbuckle into kickoff for the Saints. Back deep is Linder and Johnson. There's the kick. It's going to be a very short kick. Briarcrest will field at the 30. It's going to be up to the 35. Has some room up to the 40, out past the 40 to the 42. So, yeah, Pope Prep looks like they're a little scared of Reed Linder as well, as as, as most everybody has been all year. Yeah, they kicked it to him the first time. Not Got it the 10-yard gain. Onside kicked it last time. That time kicked it short. And Trace Maker with a pretty good return throughout the 42-yard line. So Briarcrest will have outstanding field position here. It goes without saying, Parker, this is a huge point of the game for the Saints. Um, They need to get back in this game. Don't want to fall behind by three scores. They've got to find a way to put some points on the board, especially with Pope Prep getting involved towards the second half. Need some points here. So Clarkson's going to hand the ball to Linder this time on an end around. Reed kind of finds his uh, way. He, he was uh, after about a five-yard gain. In college, that would have been called a horse-collar tackle, but they don't have that much in high school. But it will be a nice pickup on first down, actually down after about four for Reed. Yeah, I think this is where you got to go back to your bread and butter. Josh, we talked about earlier. I mean, it was beautiful last week, as I said, combining for 220 yards and four touchdowns. See so you can get Linder and Carroll more involved in this drive, maybe – Go back to Salim on running the ball. Worked very well the first drive. So Clarkson, it'll be second down and six for the Saints. Ball around midfield. He's under pressure. He tries to throw the ball away. I believe he was outside of the uh, tackle box, so they will not call uh, uh, in- intentional grounding, but that is still going to be an incomplete pass. I mean, yeah, I mean, and now, now here comes the flag. the flag very late. Yeah, that was close. I thought they may have just said that he had gotten outside the tackle box, but they uh, – they didn't in the flag, so that's going to be a penalty against the Saints. They're going to be a huge loss. Now it's going to be a very tough third and long 
for the Briarcrest offense. Yeah, and right now, Parker, Pope Prep is, is bringing a lot of pressure, and, and so far the Briarcrest offensive line hadn't been, a, been able to handle it. Yeah, as I mentioned, that was my key to the game for both teams. In fact, that's going to be the turning factor. Josh, a lot of scrimmage, and Pope Prep has been dominating that aspect of the game in this first half. Third and long, third and about 17 now for Blake Clarks in the Briarcrest offense. See if you can find Max Carroll or Reed Leonard downfield. So Clarkson is barking at his signals. Now he's going to look over the sideline and get some signals uh, from the coaching staff. You've got Linder and Carroll and Walker to his left. You've got Donaldson to his right. In the backfield, you've got uh, Logan Taylor in there. And now Briarcrest, there's going to be a penalty flag. And that may back the Saints up five more. Dead ball. Illegal procedure against Briarcrest. And now it's going to be third down and 22. And this is a tough, obvious statement of the year, tough spot for the Saints. Yeah, not in a spot you'd imagine you'd be in down 14, deep in your own territory, third and 22, halfway through the first half. And you got to find a way to get something going. You need a huge play to go your way. So, yeah, Logan Taylor's in it, running back. Same setup, three wide out to his left, one wide out to his right. He's back to pass. He's looking at time. This time overshoots Carroll, and it goes harmlessly to the ground. So that's going to be fourth down and 22 for the Saints, and they will have to punt it away. Yeah, and I believe it might be Logan Taylor. Yeah, he took some reps pretty good punter. He will be the punter now on this drive. He actually had a pretty good punt in warm-up. We'll see how well he does here. So Logan Taylor in punting for the injured, injured Cooper Allen. Cooper, as many of you know, is the, I believe, second leading punter in the city. Yeah, so, second uh, leading punter on average distance in the Memphis area, just under 40 yards a kick. There's the snap. There's the kick, a big high end-over-end kick, not very deep. It's going to land at about the 45. It takes a good Briarcrest kick, and it's going to roll all the way down to about the 34-yard line. So it wasn't the prettiest thing I ever saw, but it did turn out to be effective. It does the job, and not, not much you can complain about when your backup running back is out there <laughs> taking punts. So that's where Pope John Paul will start. They're going to have it first down, first and 10 at the 34-yard line. And, uh, yeah, Parker, this is a, a huge series here for the defense. Uh, like like we said, you get, and especially as deliberate as uh, Pope has been, it's going to be real hard to come back from a three. Yeah, I mean, the way they've been playing, Josh, I mean, if they can get a touchdown here over half, I mean, I would assume they would use all six minutes and 15 seconds as clock, or you're going to be put in a really tough spot. So Minchie, their star quarterback, who's been injured most of the year, uh, but he's playing tonight. Barks out the signals. There's a snap. He's, he thought he was going to give it the running back. He hits off the head of a Pope uh, John Paul uh, receiver. That was just a busted play that time. Yeah, I don't know what. I think that's once again the miscommunication, the lack of chemistry right now in this Pope offense, but it doesn't seem to matter. They're still at 14-0. They just have some careless penalties. That's a really careless play there. I think Menchie thought his running back was going to be on the other side of him. Yeah, he really probably should have just run the ball himself, but instead he tried to pass it. None of the receivers were looking at the ball, hit off his helmet, and popped up in the air. But unfortunately for the Saints, nobody was around to be able to intercept that one. So it ends up just a kind of an exciting incomplete pass. So that will be second down and ten for Pope Prep. There's a snap. They will hand it to the running back this time, and this time Briarcrest comes right up and will get him down for basically no gain. Yeah, big tackle right there by Brandon Myers. His 15th, Josh, tackle for loss in the season. Very impressive season from him. Third and about 11 now for Pope John Paul. 
So Pope John Paul um, doing what they've been doing all night, being kind of deliberate. They're running receivers on and off the field. The quarterback, Minchie, has uh, two wideouts to his right. He has a wing back to his left, has a tight end in the game to his right, and then one running back. The running back is Rob, who's just already had a fantastic game tonight. It'll be third down, third and long. He's back to pass, looking, looking, looking. Now he looks like he's going to fake the pass. There's a man wide open up to the 50, the 45, still on his feet, to the 40, still on his feet, to the 35, all the way down to the 30 is the Pope Prep wide receiver. That was number 10, Colin Cook. Beautiful job by that quarterback, Minchie, once again. Just showing why he's going to be an ACC quarterback next season, Josh. I mean, steps it from the pocket, avoids the pressure. And now we're going to get a timeout by the Briarcrest Stevenson. This is something you got to get figured out quickly, Josh. We're going to have a chance in this football game. Well, do you think, Parker, that uh, the, the Saints need to start trying to bring some more pressure? They've been The game plan has been to just play it straight, but right now Minchie's just picking that defense apart. I mean, he's picking it apart, and he continues to find wide-open receivers on shore routes over the middle. I mean, this you can't keep having that problem, Josh. I mean, if you're Brandon Tucker and your Briarcrest defensive Staff, you got to some, you got to get something figured out. You got to get something figured out quicker. This game might get out of hand. That's right. It is uh, Pope John Paul or Pope Prep, as they like to be called. Now they are leading Briarcrest 14 to nothing. There is five minutes and 14 seconds uh, left to go in the first half. The Knights have gotten the ball down to the 30-yard line. They have it there first down and 10, and and it's kind of like we said, it's the one-two punch. Uh, uh, Parker, they can run the ball and they can pass it. That no matter what defense you're playing, it makes it tough. Yeah, it's a very dynamic offense, and it helps a lot when you got a ACC quarterback now who's just not getting back in the rhythm of things. This makes this Pope team are really dangerous, and they can make a run and present some challenges to Brentwood Academy, who they did not face in the regular season. So both teams are Pope Prep is back out on the field. They're going to have it first down and 10. Here comes the Saints. Uh, they will uh, line up, and we will be underway here in just a minute. Five minutes, 14 seconds left to go to halftime. Briarcrest trails 14 to nothing. Saints hadn't really gotten much going on offense, and, um, and you know, the, the, the Knights have been very methodical on offense, and they uh, are down here threatening again. Here's a man in motion for Pope Prep. Minchie sends his running back in motion. He's going to look that way. Now he's going to throw it the other way. The ball's going to be played up to the 30, up to the 20-yard line, down to the 15, to the 10, to the 5, all the way to the end zone is Pope Prep. And just like that, they take the lead over Briarcrest 20 to nothing. Josh Espinola, senior receiver on the touchdown. Third, Minchie's third passing touchdown in the evening. He's found three different receivers, all of his top three targets out touchdown tonight, Josh. And Tough spot now for the Briarcrest Saints. Will Arbuckle will come in to kick uh, for Pope Prep. They lead Briarcrest 20 to nothing. There's five minutes and five seconds to go here uh, in this first, uh, yeah, first half of the ball game. And Arbuckle is waiting for the snap. There it comes. There's the kick, and the kick is good. So five minutes and five seconds to go to halftime. Pope. John Paul leads Briarcrest 21 to nothing. We will be back right after this commercial break. We are back at uh, in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Pope Prep leads Briarcrest 21 to nothing. They are about to kick off. Pope Prep is. By the way, it's very windy. You're probably we're picking up that wind on the microphone a little bit, Parker. So uh, if you're hearing that back home, uh, that's what that is. We're also up here in the home stands. We are basically right below a speaker. So I'm sure. 
Well, those of you at home listening can pick that up. Once again, the onside kick. It goes over the Briarcrest players' hands and out of bounds, and that was dangerously close to number one, Josh Melander, fielding that ball and taking it in for a touchdown, but it went over his head as well. That was a very impressive onside kick from the Pope Prep kick. I mean, Carter Bostic, who was in, who almost had field, I mean, he's a very tall defensive end. He's six foot four. That ball just took a bounce right over his head, and Melander almost scooped it up. Yeah, that's right. It, the ball bounced over the Briarcrest player's head, and, and Maylander was right there, but it was actually too high for him as well. But if he would have gotten that, he would have been gone. Uh, so anyway, Blake Clarkson now lines his team up. Saints need to uh, get something going on offense in the worst kind of way here. The ball is first down and 10. It is on the 44-yard line. They've been given good field position. Uh, there's the handoff to JoJo Salim, and Pope Prep comes up and hits him for uh, about a loss of a half a yard. Yeah, you hate to be in this spot if you're offensive coordinator, Robbie Donaldson, for the Saints. I mean, it almost feels like it's desperation time, Josh, even though it's we're just past the halfway point in the second quarter, but you find yourself down three scores to a very talented offense that has been willing to take a lot of time off the clock. And they will give him uh, forward progress back to the line of scrimmage. This is going to be second down and 10, ball in the 44-yard line. Clarkson. Takes a snap. He's going to fake the handoff this time. He's going to flip it to Carroll. Carroll looks up field, but he's going to be bottled up pretty quickly. And once again, that's going to be no gain for Briarcrest. I mean, just a really impressive job of this Pope John Paul defense. Hadn't had the best season. They've given up a lot of points. Gave up 47 points last week to McCauley. And shutting out a pretty good Briarcrest offense so far in the first half. Briarcrest has the number one passing offense in the Memphis area. Pope John Paul shutting it down early. So Pope John Paul, they're showing pressure again. They're going to back out of it. But now the linebackers really kind of maybe confusing the Briarcrest quarterback here. Now he's going to look over the sideline and get signals. There's 14 seconds left on the play clock, so he's got plenty of time. Two wideouts to his left, two wideouts to his right. Pope John Paul will bring the blitz. Back to pass is Clarkson. He has a man wide open, and it's going to be caught by Briarcrest. That is number six, uh, Devin Johnson. And so finally some positive, a positive thing for the Saints. Yeah, it took us long enough. It took us three drives <laughs> to get our second first down of the evening. But great throw by Clarkson there. Great job by Johnson. Finally going to get open on the sideline. Huge play by the Briarcrest Sullivan to extend this drive. So Clarkson, after getting the throw in the first down uh, past the last play, he lines the Saints back up kind of quickly. The ball is on the 45-yard line. He hands it to Salim, and Salim, JoJo, just fell down after a loss of about one. Yeah, another unfortunate play there for the Saints. Had a little bit of running room. Could have picked up a few positive yards there. Loss of one. Three and a half to go here, Josh. Got to hopefully get seven right here on this drive. Yeah, Brian Crest is on the uh, Pope prep side of the field. It's going to be second down, second and 11. Three wideouts to his right, one to the left. There's a snap. He's looking downfield. He's got some time. He has a man, and it's Carroll. He catches the ball and still on his feet down to the 30, down to the 25. He stiffs arms a man, and he's going to be finally wrestled out of bounds inside the 20-yard line. We've been talking about the physical play of Pope Prep. That's a big physical run that time by Max Carroll. That's a big-time play by Max Carroll. That just shows his, his strength, his physicality, and that's what I've been saying, Josh. If we can get Max go and read Leonard the ball, let's do it as much as possible because those two are playmakers for this offense. That'll be a first down for Briarcrest. The ball will be spotted on the 18-yard line. It'll be first down and 10 for the Saints. This is the first time Briarcrest has really gotten anything going all night on offense. So now this time, Carroll's in motion. He will line up at a wide out. And Clarkson will take the snap, but he's going to go the other way. He throws it to Linder. That pass is a little bit low, and it's going to be incomplete. Yeah, pass it to ground there. It was great coverage, though, from the Pope Pret defense, number 30 for the Knights. Joey Gretzka, their senior defensive back, was there to make a big play. 
So now second and ten, Briarcrest, as you said, Josh, in the red zone for the first time tonight. Ten to game. It is three minutes and three seconds left to go till halftime. Briarcrest trailing Pope John Paul, the Knights, 21 to nothing. Once again, Pope John Paul showing a little bit of pressure. Let's see what they do. Sometimes they show it and back out. Sometimes they show it and bring it. They will bring some pressure. Clarkson back to pass. He has some time. He's trying to look for Max Carroll in the end zone, but he did. He caught the football. Unbelievable. Whoa. Max Carroll. <laughs> it didn't even look like he caught it. It looked like the ball just disappeared. Max Carroll rolled over the ball in his hands. I mean, it's just a magical catch by him. Beautiful throw by Clarkson making a play. And now Briar Chris gets a little momentum right back in the game. You got to find a way to get another stop here, Josh, right before half. But a beautiful throw by Clarkson and another great catch from Max Carroll. As that's now his 13th receiving touchdown of the season. So Hackmeyer into the game to kick. Uh, Taylor has kicked earlier in the year, but uh, this is his first time in a situation like this. There's a snap. The kick is up, and the kick is... Good. So Taylor Hackmeyer comes in and does his job. So with two minutes and 56 seconds left to go to halftime, it is now uh, Pope Prep 21, Briarcrest 7. You are listening to Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. We are back in Hendersonville, Tennessee, where Briarcrest, the offense just came alive, and it's now Pope John Paul, the Knights 21, Briarcrest, the Saints 7. And, boy, that what an incredible catch that was by Max Carroll. It really took a while to see if he even had the football. It did. I mean, it was a great throw by Clarkson. He was double covered. And let's see what the Saints up their sleeve here. It will not be Hackmeyer on the kickoff. It will be actually Jay Setzer, who's been used as a linebacker, defensive lineman, and a running back this season. He'll be on the kick. We might see an onside kick or a squib kick here. He will come up. He will tr- – Try to kick it deep. The ball is going to land at about the 15-yard line. Pope Prep, but now they kind of mess around with it, but they finally do field it up to 20-25, and there's a big long run. There is a penalty flag on the play. He's going to be out to the 40. He's going to be the 30, and he's finally drugged down by Briarcrest at around the 20-yard line, and now another penalty flag is going to come out. That was a horse-collar tackle that time. So there's two different penalties on the play. Let's see what the – let's let the ref sort all this out. Yeah, it's going to be a tough judgment call because there's going to be probably going to be one on both teams, Josh. Yeah. Uh, one flag is on the field down around the uh, 38-yard line. Typically, that is a would be a hold, you would think, against the Hold Knights. or a block in the back. Yeah, hold or a block in the back. It looked like a pretty blatant horse collar tackle there uh, on Briarcrest. So the referees now are bringing the ball back. Yeah, holding. So what they're going to do is the penalties will offset. Oh, we're going to get a re-kick here. Yeah. So Setzer will re-kick. I tell you, you know, he kicked that ball kind of in no man's land that time, and Pope Prep really acted like they didn't really know what to do with it. They almost messed around too long. But once he did pick it up, he was off to the races. Yeah, they ended up working out for the best. It looked like it was going to be an ugly play from the Knights, and let's see what Setzer can do again. Interested to see if Pope will kind of line up a little bit differently. looks like they will. They'll drop their second line much deeper about the 25-yard line where that ball actually bounced. Now they'll bring him up to the 30. So Setzer in the kick. 
This is the second time he has kicked off this year. The other one was just a minute ago, and he will kick a low roller this time. It will be fielded at the 15 by Pope Prep up to the 20. Now they're going to give the ball to the other man. He's up to the 25, round to the 30. The ball popped out, but I believe that the Knights fell on it. So it will be first down and 10. A kind of exciting uh, chain of events there, but it just ends up uh, with Pope Prep with the ball back. Yeah, good job by Jay Setzer, a sophomore linebacker, coming in there, making the game a little bit interesting there. Two good kicks that presented challenges for the night special teams unit. So Briarcrest has kind of clawed their way back into this thing, and they are trailed, though, 21-7. Two minutes and 36 seconds left to go till halftime. Pope Prep with their star quarterback, uh, Minchie, into the game. He's gone the whole way tonight after being injured a good bit of the year. And they have been very methodical, uh, using up a good bit of the play clock every time they have the uh, ball. Minchie now will drop back into the shotgun. He'll take the snap. He's back to pass. He's looking to throw. He's under a little bit of pressure, scrambling around, throws it, has a man open. It'll be caught all the way down at the 40-yard line. That was number one, Josh Maylander on the catch. Yeah, Maylander's a special talent, Josh. I mean, senior receiver continues to find his way to get open, and I believe he'll, he should be getting some opportunities at the next level for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, Parker, the big problem is is this the offensive line of for uh, Pope Prep is really – protecting the quarterback so well that uh, eventually somebody's going to break open. Yeah, they're getting a little bit of pressure at the middle, Josh. But, I mean, they're, both their tackles are playing fantastic tonight. So back to pass again is Minchie. He's looking downfield. Once again, has plenty of time. Once again, he'll hit his man this time. Those going to be for a very short gain. That was number 10 on the catch for uh, Pope Prep, Colin Cook. But that'll be a very short gain, if a gain at all. Yeah, Cook on the catch. Cooper Thompson and Cannon LaRusso combining for the big hit. And now we'll get a timeout from Hope Prep with a minute 56 to go. So they will take timeout on the field. We'll take one along with them. You're listening to Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. So, Parker, um, I, I think you were saying that the MUS game has been kind of exciting tonight. Yeah, MUS kind of struggling a little bit against the sixth seed from the East Region, Father Ryan. Last time I got an update from MUS, they were up 10-3, but Father Ryan was in MUS territory with about five minutes to go. See if I can get another update here. But either way, Father Ryan playing pretty impressive. Father Ryan has actually just tied the game up 10-10 oh, to 10 with five minutes to go. Interesting story developing now back home in Memphis. Yeah, that would be a huge upset. Uh, well, that would kind of send shockwaves across the state, but there's still time to win the game. Uh, and I guess uh, you're going to be getting ready for some Briarcrest basketball here pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a pretty exciting time for both the girls and the boys team. Both have high expectations for themselves this season. The Lady Saints are led by a lot of seniors, six seniors, and the guys led by a talented backcourt of Cooper Haynes and Jay Nash. So we are back into action here, Pope Prep. Even though it's a timeout, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to go out on the field. They're going to look back, and they're going to get the signal in. So they're going to use up most of this play clock, even though the clock is not running. Minchie in a quarterback has three wideouts to his right, one to the left. He's going to go back to pass. He's looking downfield. He's got some time. He's got number 10. It's going to be almost intercepted by Briarcrest. That was number 14. Cannon LaRusso really came close to picking that ball off. Yeah, LaRusso almost had an interception. That could have been in his third of the season. Colin Cook was the intended target. Great coverage by him and Zach Williams. LaRusso kind of came from the free safety position, kind of make a play on it, and Williams is trailing Cook. 
Big chance here for the Saints, third and ten. Need to get off the field and limit us to a two-touchdown deficit going into half. Yeah, that's twice now tonight. The Briarcrest has looked like they had easy interceptions, but both times they were un- unable to come up with the ball. And so Minchie, now he is just standing there motionless, looking over the sideline. The two coaches are signaling the plays on. And he finally has it. They may have to call another timeout here. There's only three seconds left on the clock. They do get the playoff. Briarcrest trying to bring a little pressure this time. They have some pressure on him, and he's just going to throw the ball way out of bounds and out of the way. And that's the First time, really, all night, Parker, that the Saints have been able to get any pressure on Minshew. Yeah, fantastic job by Brandon Myers and then Logan Taylor blitzing from the middle linebacker position, making a big play, and now they'll force a poke prep punt with a minute 42 to go. Now we'll see Reed Leonard back to return. Dangerous return, let's see if they even kick it in his way. So Joey Gritza in the punt uh, for Pope Prep. This will be, I believe, his second punt of the night. Beautiful job that time by the Briarcrest defense to get a big stop. The Saints still have a minute and 42 to go. They have a couple of timeouts left. Actually, all three of their timeouts. Snap is back. It's a good snap. Here comes the punt. It's a big, high, wobbly punt. Linder will let it land. Ball takes a beautiful uh, kick for Pope Prep and is going to go, I mean, it's bounced for Pope Prep and will go all the way down to the 15-yard line. So that's where Briar Crush will start first and 10 with one minute and 29 seconds to go to halftime. Yeah, I believe the score is actually wrong, Josh. I believe that remember the Saints used a timeout here on defense, so they should have just two timeouts to go. Minute 29, so still a lot of time. So after yeah, their right. confidence from that last year, I've got a chance here to make something happen. So, yeah, they, I, I think you're right there, Parker. They did use a timeout that still says three up on the scoreboard. But either way, the Saints are going to have to go. Uh, they actually spotted the ball all the way. The, some, the Pope Prep kid must have touched it before it got back to the 15, so they're going to put it at the 28-yard line, so that's a good break for the Saints. It'll be first and 10 uh, for Briarcrest. Clarkson takes the snap, looking to pass, tries to get it to Carroll, and that time it was overthrown, and Max actually kind of had to become a little bit of a defensive back that time and just bat the ball away. Yeah, good job by Carroll. Just kind of make sure that's not an interception. That would have been a dangerous play. Clark kind of threw a little bit ahead of him. That was great coverage from the Knights, number five, Jackson Hayes, another senior defensive back. Windy, windy night here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I I think I heard some rain might be moving in, not during this game, but later on tonight. Uh, So uh, you can kind of feel that uh, about to happen. So Briarcrest has it second down and ten. Got a man in motion. That's Linder. There's a snap. They're going to give it to Carroll on kind of a little reverse, and uh, Pope Prep is ready for that one. He may have picked up two yards. Yeah, great coverage by Pope Prep. Kind of ready for that little bit of trickery. Saints had some great execution. Those kind of plays last week against Ensworth. Saints gain of two there on the Max Carroll rush, and now Pope Prep will take a timeout with a minute 19 to go. They're trying to see if they can get the football back. They still have one time remaining after that call. We 38 brackets at their own 30. Okay, there's a timeout on the field. We will take one as well. You're listening to Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. We are back in Hendersonville, Tennessee, on the campus of Pope John Paul. The Knights lead Briarcrest 21-7. There is one minute and 19 seconds left to go till halftime. Briarcrest has a couple of timeouts. Pope Prep has, has one left. The Saints, though, more importantly, have the ball third down. It's third and eight. If Briarcrest does not get a first down here, they're going to have to punt the ball away uh, to the Knights. Blake Clarkson calls the signals. He's going to run a reverse this time to Devin Johnson. He cuts up the middle of the field, and that's going to be a beautiful open field tackle there by the Knights. No gain for the Saints. Yeah, I don't know. Questionable political right there from the Saints and Robbie Dawson. They try to go for a little bit of trickery there on the 
Into a round of Johnson. Trying to go back in the middle. No gain. Loss of about one. Now Pope Prep will take their final time out with a minute 12 so they can get something going on offense here. And we'll just keep this one here. Um, so, yeah, we talked a little bit about the Briar. So you work with the boys team and you do a little announcing for the girls team. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so the boys team, tell me, just give us a little scouting update. Who are going to be the best players? So two new players that are into the program this year. Jacob Gaza was senior, 6'8", 6'9", committed to Ole Miss. And then Whit Altmeyer came from the Starkville area. Another guard can play the two or the three. And then the Saints are led by their talented junior backcourt of Cooper Haynes and Jay Nash, both very talented four-star recruits that have Power 5 offers. So the, so the, as, as John Harrington normally does, he's got some talent out there, which is a good thing. Yeah, very good coach. Learned a lot from him in my three years now working with the team. It's a fun team to be around, to say the least. And so then, uh, what? very quickly, girls team, what do you expect from them? Star player will be Kaylee Clarkson, Blake Clarkson's twin sister. Averaged almost 20 points a game last season. So, Briarcrest is about to punt the ball away. Snap is back, but as soon as the snap goes back, we have a penalty flag, and that's going to be offsides against Pope Prep. Uh, they are probably getting a little bit anxious. They were trying to uh, bring a little pressure and see if they could block that punt, but uh, came a little bit too quickly, so that's going to move the ball down to the about the 34-yard line. It's going to make it fourth down, and let's say it's about four for the Saints, but that doesn't change the fact that the Saints are going to punt. Into punt for Briarcrest is Logan Taylor. Snap is back. Kick is away. That's a big, high, wobbly kick. Nice kick. It's going to be fair caught at the 35-yard line by the Knights, and that's where they will take over. Yeah, huge drive here for this Briarcrest defense, trailing 21-7 to with a minute and four seconds to go. you got to limit this. You cannot allow a touchdown right here, Josh. This game will be out of hand. I mean, it'll be down three scores, and then Pope Prep will get the ball again to start the second half. So Minchie, their quarterback, who's gone the entire way tonight, comes jogging out on the field. And there goes the play clock. And once again, they will use their normal. We'll have to see if they can go fast. I mean, they've played slow all, all night. They don't have any timeouts. So one minute to go, see if they can what they can put together. And they really, while they do have a good kicker, he, he does not have a strong leg. So it's, like, it's not like they can uh, just get a couple of first downs and score. They're going to have to get all the way inside the 20 if they want to kick a field goal. So, yeah, got a running back in motion. They're going to throw it to him. He catches the ball at the 30. He's going to be come up and hit it about the 34-yard line by Devin Johnson. That's going to be a very short game for uh, – actually, it's going to be a loss of a yard uh, for the Knights. Yeah, loss of a yard. Great job by Devin Johnson making that one-on-one -on -one tackle in space. Loss of one. They dig it out of bounds, so still 58 seconds to go for Mincy and the Knights' offense. Yeah, you come up and tackle Elijah Robb, you better uh, be ready for it, and he did a great job that yeah, time. Very impressive play by Johnson. So the Knights have it second down. Actually lost a couple of yards on that play. Going to be second down about 12. The ball is back to the 33-yard line. 58 seconds to go to halftime, a game that was moving very quickly. Fakes the handoff, has a man, but once again, ah, they're going to call uh, Johnson this time for pass That's interference. He knocked the ball away, but may have gotten there a little bit early. Yeah, a little early. Very questionable call. I thought Johnson had made a pretty good play. Got a hand on the football. Just a little bit of contact too soon, Josh, and that'll be a big break. For this Pope Prep offense, they're going to get the 15-yard penalty and the automatic first down here. We're just still 54 seconds to go. they still got plenty of time. Yeah, what I was about to say was this game was rolling along very, very quickly, but it's really slowed down now with all the timeouts and then uh, Pope Prep, uh, you know, throwing the incomplete passes. But that penalty is going to give them first down. The ball is going to be all the way out to the 47-yard line. There's 54 seconds to go till halftime. Pope Prep does not have any timeouts, so – 
they were going to have to uh, move this ball without that benefit. Minchi, the quarterback, has a man in motion. He's going to fake it to him. Now he's going to hand it to the running back. Got a little bit of running room. Now he's got a lot of running room. He's all the way up to the uh, 41-yard line. That's going to be a first down for Pope Prep. Yeah, big first down. Rob, a little slow to go. That's a scary sight for Knights fan. I think he's got to come out of the game. Oh, wow. He is really struggling down there, and I don't like the way that looks, Parker. He's grabbing his knee. Yeah, it looks like his left knee that he's down. He's still laying down on the field at about the Briarcrest 43-yard line. Now we'll get an injury timeout. Yeah, so anyway, you know, it looked like to me, Parker, um, the Saints' early game plan on defense was to kind of play it straight up and not bring a lot of pressure. But that last series when they did bring pressure really bothered Minchie a little bit. Do you, do you expect to see more of that in the second half? Absolutely. I think that's a great plan from Brandon Tucker and his defense. I mean, as you just said, it kind of got Minchie out of sorts and out of his little rhythm that he was in after that first quarter where his first three drives were pretty easy touchdowns to his three favorite targets. So, See if they can get him out of this rhythm once again. And most importantly right now, Josh, you got to find a way to finish this drive off with a stop. Yeah, and I tell you, it's really concerning right now, Parker, that Elijah Robb uh, is still down on the field. He has several uh, trainers and coaches from uh, from Pope Prep around him. And, and I did not like the way he grabbed his knee. That did not look good. No, it didn't look as bad at first. And then he just went down and immediately just grabbed his knee. So very scary sight for Pope John Paul as her whole team on here on our near sideline is taking a knee. And so I tell you what we'll do. We'll take a quick commercial break while we wait to find out what's going on with this injury. You're listening to Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. We're back in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and just like that, uh, the running back Rob is up to his feet, and he's getting a nice applause here from his home fans, as he should, but boy, he, he does not look good. He is unable to put hardly any weight on that leg. Uh, coach is helping him off, and uh, like I said, he is just really struggling just to get to the sideline. Um, actually has to stop now. I'm surprised more people aren't out helping him. Here comes a couple more uh, folks out to help. Um, yeah, that that's tough to watch because he's been so impressive tonight. Yeah, he's been really the story of their offense. I mean, hasn't gotten the end zone. He continues to be a force on the receiving end and the rushing end, and now how do you kind of move on? I mean, they've put number 13 – Ainsley wearing a uh, running back. He's only a tight end. He's in at the running back position now. And maybe they go back to a more pass-heavy offense. So 45 seconds left to go till halftime. Uh, the, the Knights have the ball, first and in 10. They're on the Briarcrest side of the field. It's at the 41-yard line. They're going to throw a swing pass out to the running back who just came in the game. He caught it, and he picks up right where Rob just left off. He's going to get a first down inside the 30 all the way down to about the 26-yard line. But now the, the Knights do not have a timeout, so they're going to have to move quickly now. They've been moving very deliberately the whole game, so the clock is running again, and so they're going to take the snap and spike the ball. And so that'll bring up second down and ten. Yeah, it's more like their style. I kind of feel that's what they would do, Josh. I mean, take the spike. Now they can kind of set up their offense how they would like, get the full 35-second play clock, 40-second play clock, I should say. I will say this. If they were to think about kicking a field goal, there is a very strong wind at the kicker's back right now. I mean, a very strong wind. Yeah, their kicker has, I believe, a, a season long of about 33 yards. So they're getting close to about that range. They need to pick up. About seven more yards for him to try one. 
So quarterback is back to pass, looking around, under pressure. It's going to be caught, going to be thrown down, and they actually a complete pass up to the 30, down the 25-yard line, down the 20, down to the 15, all the way inside the 10-yard line. Just a, now there's going to be a penalty flag. I think it's going to come back. Look like an obvious block in the back. Yeah. But that was an incredible play by the quarterback, Minchie, to get that ball to the running back. I mean, incredible. incredible or lucky. I don't I, know. I, I was about to say incredible, lucky, love it of both either way. <laughs> Made the bus, and that's going to be about a, I think it's a shot block. Blocking below the waist. Huge, costly penalty for Pope Prep. That'll back them up. It is the correct call, though, Josh. Clearly yeah, kind of just a diving block at a Briarcrest defender. Yeah, on that play, you know, it looked like Briarcrest was going to get the sack way behind the line of scrimmage. But he, I thought it was just going to be intentional grounding when he threw the ball, but it went right to the running back who was like two feet in front of him. And then there was nobody around, and he got the big gainer. Yeah, very nice job. Minchie kind of got a little lucky, just kind of flipped to him. Cooper Thompson made the big play on Minchie. Now just 13 seconds to go. The Knights have the ball second and 15 at their 32. Josh Rivera will have the halftime show here in just a second, but still a little bit of football to go. Back to pass under pressure again. This time he throws the ball well, well short of his receiver, and we're now seeing, Parker, that Minchie does get a little rattled when the pressure hits him. Yeah, a little bit of pressure. I think that's something if you're – Brandon tugging those defense. You're going to have some making some adjustments. You kind of keep bringing the pressure. Huge play now for the Briarcrest defense. Third and 15, 10 seconds to go. Josh, would he take an end zone shot here? That's what they, I would suspect that that's what they will try here. They can, you know, get two more plays off if they would like to. But let's see what they do. Minchie had a great night so far tonight. He's got two wideouts to his left, two to his right. He's got the backup running back, number 13, Ware in the game. Back to pass. Briarcrest trying to bring some pressure again, but unable to get through. And once again, though, uh, Minchie seems to be on another page from his receivers as he threw that one a good 10 yards short of the intended receiver. I'm not sure if he just kind of threw that one away or, I mean, he had his receiver. There's some miscommunication on the route. I mean, Williams kind of read that ball perfectly. It looked like he was going to run about a – the receiver, Cook, actually ran a post route, but then ended up – thought he was going to run a curl. And yeah. Minchie's not in the game, I believe, on this play, so we'll see what they call here. It's going to be the actual – the quarterback who had been playing were 15, Chet Lacks. Interesting play go here, five seconds to go, fourth and 15. Yeah, you might wonder, those last two passes were so blatantly off, maybe he's he's hurt himself again. But anyway, let's get this play. This should be the last play of the half. Back to passes, Lacks, he's under pressure. He's hit. He gets away from it. He's going to throw in the end zone. There's just a ton of people down there, and Briarcrest will knock it away. So that, <laughs> a lot of excitement there, Parker. But at the end of the day, the Saints are back in it, down 21-7. to Yeah, huge two stops at the end of the half. you got to find a way to get one more as Pope John Paul get the ball toward the third quarter. Now Briarcrest now back in the game, a huge chance for them. So, yes, 21-7, Pope John Paul leads Briarcrest, and we will kick it back to the KWAM studios and Josh Rivera. From the Mighty 990 Broadcast Center, it's the Peer Financial Advisors Halftime Show. Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. Here's Josh Rivera. Wow, that might have been the longest uh, quarter there all season long. Felt like that quarter was never going to end there, but you still have a pretty close game, all things considered. Uh, Pope, Pope Prep, Pope John Paul, whatever they want to be called, we'll just stick with Pope Prep right now. They're they're leading twenty one to seven against Briarcrest. Uh, they're up two touchdowns right now. And if you're Briarcrest, you know one of those things that I talked about. You want to make sure that you keep within striking distance. And two touchdowns, you still have plenty of football left. You have a whole half. I'd say that's pretty within striking range. 
Um, and so if you're Brock Crest, there's still time left to get this season, to redeem the season, and to pull out a really crazy win. So let's talk about some scores. Yesterday, we'll start with some Thursday night scores. This is not the playoffs, at least in Mississippi. So a lot of these teams that I'm going to talk about for Thursday scores are all Mississippi teams had their last game of the season. Lafayette and Lake Cormorant. Lafayette winning that game 30-7. to Then you had South Panola and Center Hill facing off. South Panola winning 35-6. to Lewisburg and DeSoto Central. DeSoto Central winning that game 35-14. to uh, You have Biggersville and Ashland. Biggersville winning 62-0. to then you have Tupelo Christian and Byers. Uh, Tupelo Christian pulling away with a win, 42 to six. Hernando and Olive Branch. Hernando winning by seven points, 29 to 22. Then you have South Haven and Horn Lake. South Haven uh, running right through Horn Lake, 46 to six. We have some scores here on Friday. A lot of these are all playoff games. We have some final scores and some upset alerts. We have some upset, uh, not final, um, but you know some some of these teams. They're, they're keeping a little too close right now, all things considered, you know, given their records and all that. But we do have a final score, St. Benedict and Chattanooga McCallie. This is the end of St. Benedict's season. They fall to McCallie 42-6. to That game was over pretty quick, but, uh, you know, St. Benedict, a rough season, and it all ends tonight uh, in the first round of the playoffs. MUS and Father Ryan, this is somewhat of a, a game to keep an eye on because Father Ryan's 2-8. and eight. MUS is seven and three. That's quite the margin. Yet you still have a seven-point game, seventeen to ten. If you're MUS, you want to make sure you run away with this game because you cannot stay that close in a first-round matchup against a team that has been uh, struggling like that all season long. Covington and Hamilton. Covington leading thirty-five to zero. The clock is running in that game, so it looks like Covington is going to pull away with that win. Uh, you know, with that huge deficit and the clock just basically uh, running for the rest of the game. Melrose and, Ob- and O'Brien County. This is one of those games. This is an upset alert right here. Melrose 9 and 1. I talked about them all season how impressive they've been having quite the turnaround, but they're down 8 to 21 versus Obion County who's 5 and 5. I did not see that one coming, but again, that's the nature of the playoffs. You don't see any of this coming. Anything can happen. Dyer County and Henry County, Henry County leading 28 to 0. ECS and Silverdale Academy close game there and again, this is somewhat of an upset alert. ECS was 4 and 5 in the season. Silverdale Academy was 7 and 3. Yet ECS is leading by 2.16 to 14. So ECS, man, this could be a situation where they steal a game in the playoffs and shock a lot of people. Tipton Rosemark and Middle Tennessee Christian, pretty big upset, uh, pretty big margin there, excuse me. Middle Tennessee Christian leading 31 to 7. Then you have Haywood and Kirby. Haywood leading 41 to 0. The clock is running in that game as well. It uh, looks like Haywood's going to run away with this game. Houston and Independence. Houston leading 21-3 to right now. And again, these are two pretty good football teams. Again, Houston really looking to make a deep run in the playoffs with their really talented roster. Dyersburg and Raleigh-Egypt, 37-6 to uh, right now. Raleigh-Egypt leading in that game. Germantown and Ravenwood, a close game there. Germantown and Ravenwood both 8-2. They're really, really impressive teams record-wise. Yet Germantown is leading 14-7. to Millington and East, Millington leading 21 to 12. Then you have Centennial and Bartlett. This is a game to watch. Uh, both pretty good teams. Bartlett, though, they have uh, a lot of people's consideration for a deep playoff run and potentially holding the trophy by the end of the season. They're leading 21 to 7. They have North Point and Davidson Academy. Davidson Academy leading 19 to 0 against North Point. And then Southwind and Portland, Southwind leading 7 to 3. Memphis Central and Springfield, uh, Springfield leading 14 to 7. Fayette Academy and Donaldson Christian. Donaldson Christian leading 14-0. Craigmont and South Gibson. Craigmont, they're leading 7-6. Carville and Brentwood. Now, again, this is not Brentwood Academy. This is Brentwood High School. 
Uh, so keep that in mind. Carville and Brentwood High School all tied out at zero. No one scored yet. And then Fairley and Camden, Fairley leading 28-20. to 20. So that does it for all the Friday scores right now that I have. I want to break down the bracket right now for the current bracket that Briarcrest is in, the Division II Class AAA bracket. We'll go through who's actually having having a bye week right now, a bye, uh, first round bye. Montgomery Bell Academy, they're actually the one seed uh, on one half of the bracket. They have a bye week. And uh, you also have Ensworth. Ensworth is the number two seed on one half of the bracket, the W bracket. They have a bye week as well. Baylor on the East bracket, they're, uh, they have their first round bye along with Brentwood Academy, who again, Brentwood is in the same division as Briarcrest, and they've gone undefeated in the division. So all four of those teams have a first round bye. We'll look at Montgomery Bell Academy first. They're going to be playing the winner of Christian Brothers and Knoxville Catholic, and uh, they're, they're, they're currently playing right now. And then you also have Endsworth. They're going to be playing the winner of St. Benedict and McCallie, and already said St. Benedict lost to McCallie. So next week, Endsworth will be playing McCallie in the second round of the playoffs uh, and then we also have Baylor. They're going to be playing against Father Ryan and MUS. That game's actually a lot closer than I expected. So keep an eye out for that game. That game will kick off next week. Brentwood Academy is going to be playing the winner of Briarcrest and Pope Prep or Pope John Paul. And right now, Pope John Paul is leading 21-7. to That All those games are going to be there next week. Uh, something interesting last year, if you remember, Briarcrest lost to Christian Brothers and if Christian Brothers wants any redemption against Christian Brothers, if they want that rematch, I was looking at the bracket and it's pretty interesting. It's going to be a really tough road if for Brarkus if they want that. First of all, they have to win this game to even get to that point. But assuming that they do meet up in these in this bracket playoffs, what a game that would be. They wouldn't even meet until the semifinals to go to the championship. And so, you know, you're looking at that and you're thinking, man, what a long road. It's a shame that we don't see that rematch uh, in the season because that was such a fun game last year. Guys, when we come back, we're going to go through some player of the week candidates. We'll throw some final uh, stats from the regular season, and we'll have all of that after this commercial break. Now, back to the Beer Financial Advisors Halftime Show with Josh Rivera. All right, big congratulations to Millington Central's uh, player, Coy Pugh, as he was voted the uh, player of the week uh, for Week 11. You look at Pugh, he had a really great game last uh, for Week 11. He's a junior over there in Millington he had a really good performance in the 48-20 victory over Bolivar Central last week. He rushed for 178 yards, nearly 200 yards there. He only 16 carries, and he finished with two touchdowns, a 12-yard run, a 12-yard touchdown, and a 53-yard touchdown. And he also completed 10 of 17 passes for 95 yards, including a 31-yard touchdown to Blake Garner. So you're looking at the, you know, the, the, this team, really, really good for uh, for McCoy Pugh and some of the runner-ups for that. Uh, players of the week. You had Mumford running back Braxton Sharp, Melrose running back Ryan Brown, and Sheffield's uh, player Mark Joseph, along with Jamarian Dowell of Covington. And that's it for the players of the week for uh, the entire you know season. And we'll look at some final uh, stat leaders uh, of the regular season. You look at the rushing yards per game, and you, I'll just do the top three. It's too many to count, but we'll just do top three. Ryan Brown for Melrose, he had 150.8 rushing yards per game at number three. Braxton Sharp number two. Uh, Mumford, he plays for Mumford. He had 151.3. And then Braylon Cato for Fayette Ware. He finished with 186.9 rushing yards per game, leading uh, that, that tally. And they also have, for uh, yards per carry, you also had Camaro Brown for MASE for 12.4. He's number one. And number two, you have Ryan Brown for Melrose, 10.9. And then Jamari and Dowell at number three, 10.9 yards per carry. Rushing touchdowns, you also had... Quintarian Holland, he's going to be number one for Fairley. He had 24. Ryan Brown, 
Uh, for Melrose, he had 23, and they also had Jamari Dow at in Covington with 23 rushing touchdowns. Uh, looking at total passing yards, you had Alex McAlpin for St. Benedict, 2,131. Jack Patterson at number two, he at plays for North Point. He had 2,078, and then EJ Gilliam for Freedom Prep, 1,856. Uh, and then we'll finish off with the uh, most put t- passing touchdowns. Excuse me, Tarquinio Phillips for Craigmont. He had 24 passing touchdowns. Uh, Alex McAlpin for St. Benedict. He had 24 as well. They tied for number two. And then EJ Gilliam for Freedom Prep, rounding out at 30. So guys, when we come back, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll finish off, give you a quick update on these scores coming in. We'll have all of that leading you into the second half of the game here on the Mighty 990. Now, back to the Peer Financial Advisors Halftime Show with Josh Rivera. Some updates here. We have some scores coming in. Covington winning that game over Hamilton. Again, I told you that was a running clock. They're going to advance to the second round uh, of the playoffs. You also have Mumford. They're leading Northeast 22-12 at halftime uh, right now. And then also you have Collierville and Brentwood High School, not Brentwood Academy. Carvel leading 7-0. to It's halftime over there. Final score coming in for, uh, we have a final score coming in for MUS. They defeat Father Ryan in the first round of the state playoffs. They win 17 to 10, and they will be, uh, I mean, that that does it for MUS. They're going to be winning that game. They're going to be playing Baylor next week in the second round of the playoffs. Some final scores as well. St. Benedict falling to Chattanooga McCallie. That's the end of St. Benedict's season. They lost 42 to 6. Again, I just told you MUS and Father Ryan, MUS advancing to the second round, Covington as well. Melrose and O'Brien County, that's uh, that's going to be something to look out for. Melrose uh, falling, losing right now, uh, 21 to 8. You also have Kirby and Haywood, Haywood leading 41 to 0. Houston leading against Independence, 21 to 3. Raleigh, Egypt leading against Dyersburg, 37 to 6. Germantown leading against Ravenwood, 14 to 7. Uh, and then also Davidson uh, Davidson Academy leading North Point 19-0. That's kind of a surprising one. North Point has been having a pretty good season. But, guys, that's going to do all for this halftime show. And I definitely um, want to thank our halftime sponsor, Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. We're going to throw it back to Josh Davis and Parker May. They're going to lead you right into the second half of this Briarcrest game. Can Briarcrest keep their season alive Or is this it for the Saints? We'll have all of that when we come back with this commercial break. Here's Josh Davis and Parker May. It is round one of the TSSAA playoffs. The Briarcrest Saints are up in Hendersonville, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville, playing Pope John Paul, the Pope John Paul Knights. The Saints are trailing 21-7. But I think, you know, first of all, the big news, Parker, is Briarcrest, after falling behind 21 to nothing, has gotten themselves back into the game. But I guess the other big news is the big is the outstanding running back from uh, Pope John Paul, uh, Elijah Robb, got hurt, and he will definitely not be back tonight. Yeah, we're seeing he's still in the sidelines right here, right in front of us. He's got three turns right here working on him, still in his uniform. We'll see if he tried to give it a go, but I saw him walk, try to give it a couple steps, and he was could not put any pressure on that foot. So we'll see what they try to do with him. Either way, they're very successful, and they put Ainsley Ware back in the backfield. Um, so, yeah, so we're um, – uh, that, that. And then one other thing, Parker, uh, was the uh, uh, the quarterback, Minchie. It was kind of odd. They took him out the last play of the game, and the two previous passes he threw, 
Uh, he was clearly not on the same page with his wide receivers. I notice he's warming up on the sidelines and seems okay. I just thought that was worth uh, of note that they took him out. Yeah, it does seem a- of no, Josh, and the quarterback they threw in on that last play. Chet Lacks is still warming up right here with him, and we didn't see him take pregame reps at quarterback. That's why I was kind of surprised. They threw him out there for that last play. I mean, yeah, I didn't take any reps at quarterback the whole night so far. Wallace goes out there and – on a big fourth and 15. I mean, it is a different look there for the Saints defense. Minchie, a very talented quarterback style, can move around the pocket, lacks a lefty quarterback, and gives you a bit of a different look, but still really questionable decision. I'm interested to see the reason behind that maybe after the game. So I guess what I'm getting at is even though the Saints trail here 21-7, to this could be a depleted squad here for Pope John Paul in the second half with their star running back almost assuredly out, and they seem to be having a little bit of uh, uh, quarterback issues as well. Yeah, I think you still got a chance here for the Saints. If you're Coach Brian Stewart, you had a chance, absolutely, and you got it starts right here in this first drive of the half. You're gonna, your defense got to make another big stand. You're going to have to assert your dominance here, maybe get some pressure on whoever, whatever quarterback they throw out there, likely Minchie. See Alonzo Robin here trying to get something going here on the sidelines, still trying to hobble one out. Well, I believe he'll try, I be, knowing he's trying to run it. That's yeah. very surprising, but he's still having some trouble. I know knowing him and the talented football players, he's going to want to try to give it a go, but doesn't look like he'll be able to tonight. Yeah, I would. He is trying to give it a go, which is uh, amazing because he was barely able to put any pressure on his knee when he came off the field. Then they had to cart him off. I still don't think he's going to go in the game. He is clearly not 100%. Now, but oh, well, I would guess ahead. it's his ankle. I mean, he's yeah. got an extra layer of tape on that left ankle. So, see, now he's talking to his dad right there on the fence right in front of us. Either way, Josh, you have to find a way to get a stop here for the Saints. For the first, on this first drive, you cannot go down three scores. And, be a test. Let's see what quarter they throw out there to start the third quarter. And, you know, Parker, we talked about it before the game. Coach Stewart wanted to get some other playmakers involved, and he has. Devin Johnson's made an impact. But when, it came, when push came to shove on that last touchdown pass, it was a number three, old dependable, made a spectacular catch in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, I said it in the first down. I feel confident saying it. I think if you're Robert Donaldson, the offensive coordinator, you need to go back to your bread and butter. It was good to see Johnson. Donaldson tried to get involved early, spread the ball around. I think if you go to Reed Leonard and Max Kill, you got to get a chance to kind of fight your way back in this football game. So it is a raucous, raucous atmosphere here at uh, Pope John Paul where they've got the music going loud. The crowd has been into the game. And we are right here up under the uh, speaker, so I'm sure you're hearing a good bit of that. But uh, the Saints are getting ready to kick off, and we're going to get the second half underway. Uh, just uh, for those of you just tuning in, Cooper Allen, the Saints' normal kicker, is hurt, and therefore he's not playing tonight. So kicking off for Brian Crest will be Jace Setzer. He will kick the ball kind of a short kick. It's going to be fielded at the 22-yard line up to the 30, up to the 35, and he's hit there and brought down to the 37, and there's a penalty flag down. There's a penalty flag. We'll see what that one is. Good tackle on kickoff coverage for the Saints. From number 37, Josh Like, senior linebacker. I'm making a big tackle there on special teams. There is a flag, though. Still no ruling on that. It'll be a hold against Pope John Paul. So that they had the ball all the way out to the 39, but they will be backed up from there. And, yeah, Minchie is back into the game at quarterback. That is what I expected, Josh. It's still a very confusing call on the end of that drive, knowing Minchie's arm talent. I guess he's still not 100% back from that shoulder injury. He didn't want him throwing the ball 40 yards downfield. 
So they move the ball back to the 29-yard uh, line. So it'll be first and 10 uh, for the Knights at that point. They lead 21-7. to We're just getting started here in the second half. There's a the snap. Going to hand it to their running back. He's going to get hit in the backfield. And a nice shoestring tackle there by the Briarcrest defender. Yeah, Cooper Thompson coming up from the linebacker position now. That's your second string linebacker. Freshman number 22, Kyron Coleman, Coleman on the carry. Just a one-yard gain. Big tackle from Cooper Thompson. Yeah, he's the third running back into the game for the Knights. Number 13, Ansley Ware made the initial uh, substitution for Elijah Robb, and now they've gone to, to the uh, freshman number 22. And so they're they're doing their normal thing. They're going to take their time. They're looking over the sideline. They're getting the play call. They're letting the clock run. They are now down to eight seconds to go on the play clock, six, five. They're going to have to snap this one kind of quickly. They're down to three, still men in motion. they are just got it off of the one seconds rolling out. It's going to be a little shovel pass up the middle of the field. And once again, the Briarcrest defense comes up and makes a big stop after a short game. Yeah, big play there. Manchin tried to do a little touch pass to the tight end number 13, Ansley Ware, but great job of the interior defensive tackles for the Saints. Blake Parks, a freshman, and then number 62, Aiden Heidrick, a junior, two in her class, and making a big play there for the Saints defense, forcing a third and seven. So it'll be third down and long. It'll be a big play for the Briarcrest. It is a big play for the Briarcrest defense right here. They would love to get uh, get off the field and get the Saints the ball back. Briarcrest, last time they had it, was able to go down and score to cut this lead to 14. So, Minchie snaps the ball. He's going to hand it to the running back, trying to get the corner. Briarcrest comes up and makes the hit behind the line of scrimmage. He breaks one tackle, but once again, the second wave comes along. It'll be another short game and a fourth down now for the Knights. Yeah, Logan Taylor able to make the tackle, but now Trey Davis, another linebacker for the Saints, a little shaken up. And that's a huge blow. John Richard Odell, the star linebacker for the Saints, 70 tackles in the regular season. is out tonight with a hyper-extended back, and now we've seen Trey Davis go down, and he is really struggling here now on the far close sideline, I should say, about the 25-yard line. So while we try to figure out what that injury is all about, we will take a break and be back with Briarcrest Football. You're listening to us on the Mighty 990 KWAM. Trey Davis was the injured saint. He is now walking off on his under his own power, although he has got a very visible limp there. So it's going to be fourth down, fourth and a long two uh, for the Knights. They are going to send the punt team in. And so that's a big-time stop for the Briarcrest defense. Yeah, very impressive stop against this very talented Knights offense. Mincy kind of struggled after his first three drives. are pretty dominant. Three stops in a row now for the Saints defense. Linder back to return the punt. Reed will be the lone back back this time for the punt. And the punt for the Knights is Joey Gritza. He gets the snap. It's going to be a high wobbly kick, not a very deep kick. It's going to land at the 35. It's going to bounce sideways. Now it's going to take a Briarcrest bounce, and it will be downed at about the 39-yard line. So very good field position for the Saints. Yeah, pretty good field position once again for the Saints. They've had a good field position almost every drive. I think their worst starting field position has been the 30-yard line. Right, he will start at the 38, 9.52 to go in the third quarter. Blake Clarkson comes back on the field, try to lead this offense here on, on another drive. Yeah, Blake Clarkson has played the whole way, and, and amazing, you know, the, the Daily Memphian had all the stats, and Blake is now, he's one of the leading quarterbacks, even though he started the season as an injured linebacker, he's yeah. one of the better quarterbacks in the city. And now he's up to fourth, I believe, in passing yards per game, and completion percentage is up in the top ten as well. 
So Clarkson calls out the snaps, uh, calls out the signals. He's going to hand it to JoJo Saline. There's a little bit of running room. He's going to lunge forward for a gain of about six up to the 40. They're going to call it the 44-yard line, or probably a gain of about five, but that's a good first down play for the Saints. Yeah, big job. Great run by JoJo Saline, picking about half the needed distance. They'll call it a gain of five. Big tackle from Ainsley Ware, the very talented two-way player for the Knights. So the ball's on the 44. They need to get to the 49. There is a snap. Going to fake the handoff. It's going to throw it to Linder. Reed makes one man miss, but the second man's going to get him. He's actually going to lose about a yard on that play. Just couldn't get away from the second guy that time. Yeah, great job by the Knights' defense, especially that right side, number 65, number three. For the Knights, Denarius Perry, the senior linebacker, number three on the tackle. Loss of one, so third and, third and six now for the Saints. So Briarcrest, big play in the ball game here. It's the, uh, Clarkson has three wideouts to his right. He has one wideout to his left. He has JoJo Saleem in the backfield. There's the snap. He's back to pass. He's under pressure. He's looking. He's got a man. It's going to be Linder, and he just overthrew him a little bit. Yeah, if he had that pass on target, it would have been a first down. Yeah, it would have been a first down. Linder had tons of room up the field, but was a little bit overthrown. I would kind of expect the offense to stay on the field here, fourth and five, almost at midfield. Huge chance now for the Briarcrest offense and bench chance for the Pope John Paul defense to make a big statement here. So we'll see what the Saints do earlier in the game when they've done this. They've ended up punting the ball, letting Blake Clarkson kind of do the quick kick. Looks like that might be what they're doing here as well. There's just no, they're going to, no, they will punt the ball. It's going to be a wobbly kick. It's going to come down and right at the 29. It's going to take a good Briarcrest bounce all the way down to the 20, inside the 20, still rolling down to about the 19 yard line, and that's where it'll go down. That's been an effective little play for the Saints tonight. Yeah, pretty good punt there. Once again from Blake Clarkson now. The problem with that is now you're putting the pressure once again back on our defense to kind of keep the game within striking distance at two scores. That is correct. Uh, Pope John Paul leads Briarcrest 21-7. Both teams have had it once here in the second half, and neither team was able to do anything with it. So now Pope John Paul, they actually put that ball at the 18-yard line. It's going to be first and 10 uh, from there. Minchie is in a quarterback, and he is looking over the sideline. He's getting his signals. Briarcrest moving men around on the defensive front. Ever since the Saints have started bringing a little bit of pressure, it has seemed to bother Minchie a good bit. Their running back is number 22, Kyron Coleman. There's the uh, handoff to him, and he's going to get a big gainer on first down out to about the 25-yard uh, Yeah, 25-yard line. Yeah, should be a little bit short of the first down. Kyron Coleman, the freshman, making a little bit of an impact here in the second half, replacing the injured running back, number 21, Elijah, Elijah Robb. Trace Mager on the tackle. Yeah, going to give him about eight yards that tower, actually nine, so it's going to be second down and one for, uh, for Pope John Paul. Just getting started the second half. Eight minutes to go in the third quarter. There's a snap. Fakes a handoff. Back to pass. Looking downfield. is going to be thrown all the way out of bounds. And, yeah, Parker, it looks like Minchie, when he was so accurate early in the game on those short passes, he's really struggling with a deep ball right now. Though. Yeah, and the Saints defense is kind of testing him downfield. That time he tried to go one-on-one with Zach Maylander against the smaller defensive back for the Saints, Zach Williams. Kind of overthrew, so now a third and one opportunity now for the Briarcrest defense. Maybe they can get a negative play and get off the field. So, Minchie will line his men up, and once again, he looks over to the sidelines, getting the signals. They're down to about 10 seconds to go on the play clock. They finally get the play, on, play in. Lines his men up, looking around. 
There's a snap. Going to hand it to the running back this time right up the middle, and he's going to have enough yardage for the first down. He's out right to about the 30-yard line. A host of Saints bring him down, but he got the first down before that happened. Yeah, big carry and a great push from his offensive line. Gain of about three. And that extends the drive for the Knights. That's a big play by them. Now they can take a lot more time with that clock, which they've done so well tonight controlling that time management. Ball will be spotted just past the 30-yard line, so that's where Pope John Paul will have it. It's going to be first down and 10 for them. Briarcrest line up in their uh, sort of a traditional four-down linemen, three linebackers, four defensive backs. This time they snap it a little quicker. Going to get a quick pass out into the flat. He's going to get a little bit of running room. That's Maylander, and he'll get up to about the 35-yard line. Yeah, great catch by Maylander. Great call by the Knights offensive coordinator. Kind of getting the Saints a little bit rattled there. First time they kind of went quick, and great sign now for Saints fans. As junior linebacker Trey Davis is now back in the game after going down the lower body injury earlier in this quarter. The gain will be four yards. Four yards is going to be second down and six. The ball is spotted at the 35. They need to get it out to the 41. Pope John Paul looking over the sidelines, getting the play in. Minchie, who came out one play in the first half, but other than that, he has gone the entire way uh, for the Knights. He takes the snap. He's back to pass. He's got time. He's trying that same play again. This time he does the back shoulder throw uh, to his receiver, Colin Cook, and that's going to be a first down for the Knights. Yeah, great job by Cook, and that was a little bit of a bad, bad read there by Zach Williams, senior defensive back, just had a problem turning around to find the football, and big first down for the Knights, and great throw by Aiden Minchie. They are on the Briarcrest side of the field. The ball is on the 47-yard line. It'll be first down and 10 there for Pope John Paul. There's seven minutes and 20 seconds left to go here in the third quarter. The Knights lead 21-7. Minchie has a man in motion. And there is the snap. They will hand it to the running back again. Gets hit uh, quickly, but if I tell you one thing, he's uh, maybe their third-team running back, but he did a beautiful run that time, picked up about six yards and got most of it on his own. Yeah, Kyron Coleman, only a freshman, but he's going to have a bright future here in this night's offense. Gain of five. Trey Davis finally able to bring him down. Saints trying to substitute here. Yeah, that was uh, Trey Davis. Good to see him back out there. He limped off uh, not too long ago, but he's okay. And Pope John Paul looking to the sidelines once again. Minchie, the quarterback. Man in motion. He's He gets set in the wing back position. They're going to fake the hand. No, they do give it uh, to the running back. And this time, Briarcrest comes up and makes a big hit after right at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, great job by them. Max Carroll showed a little bit of pressure there before Brock Leslie was finally able to bring him down for a gain of only about one. So third and medium now for the Knights. Big chance for both sides to kind of for the Knights. You got need, need, need to extend this drive, keep pushing clock. And then for the Saints, need to find a way to get off the field and get the football back. Third down, third down and five. Saints with four down linemen, three linebackers. Saints have shown pressure at time, and a lot of times they've just played it straight up. Let's see what they do here. Minchie now has his men ready. He has all his receivers in tight. There's going to be a handoff up the middle, running back, dancing around, tries to get to the corner. He does. It's going to be very close to a first down. I tell you, one ref says he has it, one doesn't. Let's see, what the, let's see who wins the argument. Looks like it's going to be a first down. Ref on the far side saying he's about oh, a fourth yard down. short. Yeah. So now yeah. the offense, the Knights will stay on the field. Do an injury update number 21 for the Knights. Elijah Robb is on the sidelines with his shoulder pads off and in crutches. So prayers up for him. Hopefully he can get back and have a great senior campaign next year. So big play here in the ball game. It is fourth down and one. The ball is on the 
a 43-yard line. They need to get it to the 42. This is a big play. Briarcrest bringing a lot of men up on the line of scrimmage. Pope John Paul's going to hand it off up the middle. It's going to be an easy first down that time. Well, the Saints did come up and make it a hit, but it was uh, after he gained about two or three yards. Yeah, great run by them. Saints thought they got the stop, but it's gonna, it looks like it is going to be first down for Pope John Paul. Yeah, he, the Briarcrest, I tell you, it turned out to be a lot closer than I thought, but um, I believe Pope John Paul got that. Yeah, Pope John Paul did get the first down. They still haven't moved the chains. So the refs may measure this one. I tell you, I may have been too quick off the uh, <laughs> to say first down that time. I believe it is going to be first down. I believe, according to the far chains, they would have it by about a football length. So we are going to get a measurement here, and here they come out with the chains. Because, I mean, the, the chain on the far side was marked at about the 37 yard line. This ref has the football spot at the 36 and a half. We'll see how far it is when they stretch it out. Big measurement here. And it will be a first down. Yeah, he had it easily. Uh, I tell you, the referees are a little off kilter with each other on those last two plays. One ref gave him a first down on the last play. One didn't, and then that time they couldn't come to an agreement. But it will be a first down for Pope John Paul. So it'll be first down and 10. The ball's on the 42-yard line. Five minutes and eight seconds left to go here in the third quarter. Briarcrest defense needs to come up with a big stop here. And Pope John Paul looking over the sidelines. They have two coaches over here, one with a red jacket on, one with a blue. And they both signal plays in. Pope John Paul is going to hand it off. Yeah, great throw by Clarkson there, stepping him in the pocket. Great job by his offensive line that time, giving him plenty of time to throw all day from the front. Uh, Caleb Donaldson out there, about a 15-yard curl route. His first reception tonight, his third target, however. Yeah, that time Pope John Paul brought the pressure, but the Briarcrest line picked it up. Clarkson back to pass again. As a man in the middle of the field, it was uh, Max Carroll, and uh, uh, just the ball was was unable to connect with Max. That's going to be an incomplete pass. Yeah, that's I'm through a little bit ahead of Clarkson, about one step ahead of Carroll. Second and ten now. Devin Johnson now checked into the game on the far left side. Yeah, Johnson was a big part of the game plan early. Hadn't heard much from him late. Lately, Blake Clarkson. Three receptions in the first quarter from Johnson, only one target since. Snap is back. He's back to pass under pressure. He rolls away from it. Now he's looking downfield to throw. He has a man. It's going to be Linder went up and tried to make a beautiful catch, but it got knocked away at the last second by the Pope John Paul. Almost had a chance. Great play by Linder, but great defense by number three for the Knights. Denarius Perry, a senior linebacker, making a great play. Pretty good ball, though, by Clarkson. So it's going to be third down, third and ten. Ball is on the 39-yard line. So, Parker, I would have to think this is two-down territory this late in the game. Oh, it has to be. Four-down territory. Four-down territory. Got two plays to get ten yards. Whole playbook open. Back to pass. Looking around. It's going to be a screen pass caught by Saleem. He's got to break a tackle. He's not able to. It's going to be about a three-yard gain. So now you're going to have fourth down and long for Briarcrest. Yeah, back-to-back big plays by Denarius Perry, the senior linebacker. Gain of only about two, fourth and eight. Probably the ball game right here for Briarcrest. The Saints were very successful last week in, uh, in getting fourth down conversions. Let's see what happens here. Got Max Carroll in motion. Clarkson waiting for him to get set. And now there's going to be a whistle, and there's going to be a timeout called by Pope Prep. 
So there is a timeout on the field. We'll take one as well. You're listening to Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. Okay, we are back in Hendersonville, Tennessee. There was a very loud uh, atmosphere. One minute and 40 seconds left to go in the third quarter. Briarcrest trails 28-7. to Here is the situation. It is fourth down and eight for Briarcrest. The ball is on the 36-yard line. They've got to get it down to about the 28. The Saints will go for it here on fourth and eight. When you're down by three touchdowns late in the third quarter, that's what you need to do. Briarcrest last week against Innsworth had a lot of success converting fourth downs. Let's see what happens here. Clarkson back in the shotgun, has three wideouts to his right, one to the left, back to pass, looking downfield, throws the ball, has a man open, it's Linder, and he just overthrows him in the end zone, and so Pope Prep will take over on downs. It was a beautiful throw by Blake Clarkson, Josh, just one step ahead of Reed and Linder making a diving effort, and that's just a heartbreaker for the Saints. I mean, you're down, now down 28 to 7, minute 33 to go in the third quarter, and Kenny Minchie and the Knights offense will take the field once again. Yeah, and I like the play call there, Parker, because uh, the Knights have really been shutting down that uh, my, that intermediary p- passing game for Briarcrest. So they went deep and the, everything worked, just the pass is a little bit overthrown. So now the Knights will take over. There is, like I said, just about a minute. There is actually exactly a minute 33 left in the third quarter, and they will, if you thought they've been deliberate, they're going to get real deliberate now because they're going to try to run some clock. They're going to hand the ball up the middle. Running back just runs over Brian Crescent is going to get about four or five yards on first down. Yeah, Josh, I've been very impressed the second half by their freshman backup running back, Kyron Coleman. Very impressive for once, a five-yard carry right there before he's finally taken down by Jay Setzer and Blake Parks. Five. That'll be a gain of five, ball out to the 42-yard line, so that's where Pope Prep will line up again. It's going to be second down, second down and five, and they're letting the clock run. There's now going to be in just a few seconds under a minute to go here in the third quarter. They have run the play clock down to about 13 seconds, and they will let it run down some more. Sort of rinse, wash, and repeat here right now. We are now down to about 49 seconds ago. They're going to snap the ball with just one second on the play clock. They're going to hand it to the running back again. This time, Briarcrest comes up and bottles him up very quickly for a very short game. Yeah, good tackle. Logan Tiller hits him behind the line and ends it up falling back to the original line of scrimmage. Coleman, two carries in this series, five yards for him. Third and five now for the Knights at their own 42. So Minchie and a quarterback with the pace they are going at, this will probably be the very last play. I don't believe they can actually run it out. It looks like they're about a second short of that, so they'll run it down about one second on the play clock is what they've been doing anyway. I believe they're about even, so I think their coaching staff telling them just to hold it. Yeah, it is. Uh, might be a nanosecond ahead, but we're about to find out because they are going to go all the way down. And you're exactly right, Parker, uh, that they were able to run the clock out. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, Parker May in what may be his last game as a Briarcrest football announcer is going to take us home the rest of the way. You're listening to Briarcrest football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. And we are back here at the campus of Pope John Paul. Kenny Minchie in the Knights offense. Back on the field, ready to start this fourth quarter of action as his team leads 28-7 over the Saints of Briarcrest. They have the ball third and five at their own 42-yard line. Minchie takes a snap, looking to throw, has a man in the middle of the field, and that's going to be pass interference. Colin Cook was the intended target. Zach Williams commits the penalty, and there's another heartbreaker, Josh, right there. (laughs) 
Had third and five. was an incomplete pass. Ball was overthrown, and now it's going to be a penalty on the Saints, and now Zach Williams is still down on the field. Yeah, Zach Williams still down, and I tell you, though, you know, Parker, I'd love to tell the listeners that uh, that was a bad call, but I would be lying. That was a good call. It was a good call, but it really stinks right there. I mean, you had a chance to get off the field if he just waits on the context a little bit longer. Either way, now Zach Williams still on the field. Looks like about a hamstring issue. Or one of our athletic trainers from Brockers is treating him. He's right about the 45-yard line. So Pope John Paul now will likely just run off the clock, and they will be facing Brentwood Academy here next week. Should be a very fun game there, two high-powered offenses. Yeah, I would, I would, you know, obviously Brentwood Academy will be the favorite, but uh, but I, I really have been impressed with this uh, uh, Pope John Ball team. But uh, So anyway, tell our listeners, so you've been doing Briarcrest football for how many years? This is my third year. This is your third year, and so you are actually – Leaving after this game to drive down to the Birmingham area, and you're going to visit Samford tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be in Samford for the day tomorrow, going to a football and a basketball game there. Cool. And is that uh, – are you pretty much set on going to school there, or are you still thinking about it? No, still deciding. Not 100% sure yet, but it is getting to that time where got all my acceptance letters I've been waiting on, so now it's just the decision part. So. Uh. Yeah, Zach Williams is getting off the field now. He looks a, looks a little bit gimpy, but he is going off under his own pressure, under his own power, I should say. Holding day, the safety checks into the game for him. Minchie back on the field at quarterback. He's gone the whole way except for one play in that last play of the first half. After the penalty by Williams, we'll have the ball at the Briarcrest 48-yard line, 43-yard line, excuse me. Menchie's got trips right with a tight end on the left. His running back, Kyron Coleman, the freshman, who's played the whole second half and played very well in the absence of Elijah Ross. Menchie takes a snap. It's another handoff to Coleman. Bounces outside of the left before he's finally taken down by Logan Taylor and Blake Parks on the left sideline. Yeah, nice job by the Briarcrest defense that time. Uh, Taylor has been, you know, I, we're expecting a big drop off at running back, but we hadn't really seen one. He's a fine freshman. Yeah, Coleman just picking up right where number 21 for the Knights. Elijah Robb really just picked off it. Two young running backs for them. Robb will be a senior next year. Then Coleman, only a freshman right now, making a big impact. They'll go back to Ainsley Ware, who's been a tight end and linebacker in the night. Also got a couple reps at running back after the absence of Robb. Three receivers to the right for Menchie, single receiver on the left. Saints selling pressure. Max Carroll bringing a blitz. It's a handoff to Ware. Gets the first down and more. Carroll try to strip the ball, breaks the tackle, and then he steps out of bounds. Ainsley Ware almost gets in the end zone, or to the red zone, I should say. Go call him marked out of bounds at about the 25-yard line. Yeah, Max that time. I tell you, he came on a blitz on one side of the field, circled all the way around, and got to the runner way on the other side of the field. And he wouldn't have not tried that if it had been normal circumstances. But he, instead of trying to tackle him, he just tried to rip the ball loose but wasn't able to do so. Yeah, knowing the situation at the desperation point of this game, Trying to make a big play, and he is a big play guy and a guy, and almost got one right there. Knights will line up in the same formation, taking some clock. Play clock, game clock is stopped over. Play clock down to 12 seconds. Minchie now drops back in the shotgun, watching the signals from his two assistant coaches on the near sideline. Trips right, single receiver on the left side. It's Ware in the backfield. Another handoff to him, bounces outside, and breaks a tackle, breaks another tackle, breaks four tackles before he's finally brought down at the one-yard line by Holden Day on a diving tackle. Great tackle by him, but a fantastic run by Ainsley Ware, breaking three Briarcrest tackles. 
Yeah, that was a fantastic run. The Saints hit him, as you said, uh, multiple times all the way down, but he just ran, ran through those arm tackles and almost scored. Yeah, Ainsley Ware proving to be a powerful option for the Knights in three different ways. We've seen him at tight end, linebacker, and now running back tonight. Kyron Coleman, the freshman, checks back in the game for kind of a goal line package. Single receiver on each side. Two tight ends in the game, one on each side. And then Coleman back in the game in kind of an eye formation. They'll hand it off to him up the middle. Gets stopped. Let's see if he reaches in. Will they give it to him? And they'll mark him short. Great goal line stand by the Briarcrest defense. Hayden Parker, a freshman, and Blake Parks combining on that tackle. Yeah, the Saints actually thought they had come away with a fumble that time, but the referee disagrees. Caught him down. Still no gain on the play. Second and goal from the one. The Knights will line up in the same formation. Now the tight end wears kind of drop back into kind of a wing formation. Yeah, Cook on the right side, and then number one, Maylander on the left. Coleman, the running back. It's a blitz from Carroll. They'll the throw. Max Carroll intercepted it. Tipped the pass from Minton. He's going all the way to the 40, 45, 50, 40, 30, 20. Will Minton catch him? No. 10, 5. Touchdown, Briarcrest. Max Carroll goes 95 yards on a pick six. What a play, Josh. And now it's back to potentially a 14-point game. Well, two things you got to say. One, first of all, just every time you think you've seen the heat, Max Carroll do something athletic and you'll, you'll never see again. That was just an unbelievable interception. But what a dumb play call. I don't know why you're run, you're throwing the football on second and goal from the one-yard line when you're up by three scores, and Max Carroll will make you pay for that. And now Taylor Hackmeyer will come on to try to cut the lead down to 14. It'll be Jordan Brennan on the long snap. Blake Clark's in the quarterback on the hold. Max Carroll, his second pick six of the season. Mr. Football semifinalist, Under Armour All-American, continues to add stuff to his amazing high school resume. Well, that'll be a highlight reel for Briarcrest for years to come. Hackmeyer's second PAT attempt is up, and it is no good. Missed it left, it looks like. Wide left, according to the PA announcer. So now Briarcrest still lead, still trails, I should say, 28-13. to 13. We'll take a short commercial break for the rest of the fourth quarter. And we are back now in Hendersonville, Tennessee, at the campus of Pope John Paul. Pope Prep is there now being called. Briarcrest now will kick off. It looks like it'll be Taylor Hackmeyer will actually kick this one off. We had seen Jason Setzer on the three previous kickoffs. Hackmeyer will now come on to kick. Briarcrest still trying to get lined up. Looks like they're going to kick an onside kick here. Pope is ready for it. They got five or five on their hands team on each side with them Maylander deep at about the 35-yard line. Good onside kick, and it is recovered by the Knights. Number 20, Jackson Vonderhaar, a sophomore wide receiver, makes a play right at the 50-yard line, so that's where the Knights will take over the market at the 49-yard line. Kenny Minchie now will take the field once again. Yeah, you've got to give Vonderhaar a lot of credit that time because he was very decisive. Uh, he came up and actually fielded that ball about a yard before he got 10 yards, and if you're going to do that, you better make the play because if you don't, you, you could end up bad for uh, Pope Prep. Yeah, not a bad onside kick. It's in from McNamara. Had a lot of spin on it. And now mentioned his offense right back on the field after the pick six by Max Carroll. See if they can make another big play here. Exactly 10 minutes to go here in the ball game. The Knights lead the Saints 28-13. to Minshew will come out with two receivers to his right. Single receiver to the left. He's got a tight end on the left side. 
with Coleman in the backfield. Hands it off to him up the middle. Breaks a tackle for he's finally taken down by Max Carroll. Another big play by him. Two-yard loss on the play. Second and 12 coming up for the Knights. Is Max Carroll making some big plays here late in the game? I mean, first the incredible interception. That time I came up and made a beautiful uh, tackle behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, it looks like this game's almost out of hand, but do not tell that to Max Carroll. This kid is still fighting everything he has, trying to fight for the Saints. The Knights will come out in the same formation, wait, ticking the clock. Game clock under nine and a half. Play clock under right at about 12 seconds. Mancy now drops back in the shotgun. He's got a tight end on his right. Coleman's still in the game at running back. Takes a snap, play action pass. It's tipped. What a play by Trace Magro from the defensive end. Him and Aiden Heidrich, the right side of the Briarcrest defensive line, jumped up. Maker was able to get a hand on that pass. And once again, Josh, why are they throwing the football? <laughs> I, that's a great question. And I tell you that we thought for a second, I thought we were going to see deja vu all over again, but the ball uh, hit the ground that time. Yeah, that pass was a little too high. Maker just happy to get a hand on that, knock it down. Third and 12 for the Knights. Big play here for the Saints. Now they might pass it once again. They got one receiver to the right, matched up with Colin Carey. That's number 10, Colin Cook. Trips left. Ainsley wearing the game at running back. Might see a handoff to him here. Minchie drops back to pass, going one-on-one -on -one to Cook, and it's intercepted by Colin Collier. What a play by Colin Collier, the junior defensive back, his fourth interception of the season, and Minchie's throwing back-to-back -back picks. What are they doing, Josh? I tell you, it's it's the I, I don't know. Uh, if I, They've been having tons of success all night running the football, even with their backup running backs, and now all of a sudden they've become pass-happy and they're letting Briarcrest get back in this football game. I mean, you're still giving life to the Briarcrest sideline. We saw a pick six from Max Carroll, and now Blake Clarkton and his offense will come back on the field and try to cut this lead once again. 9.07 to go. Briarcrest trails Pope John Paul 13-28. to They'll start this drive on their own 25. Clarkson's got tripped right with Davis Walker, the single receiver to the left. Clarkson drops back to pass, going for a screen pass to Donaldson, and the pass is incomplete. Saints looking for a pass interference call as Donaldson was the intended receiver, and then the, the defender started blocking him. So Yeah, no, he hit him early. Of course, he was behind the line of scrimmage, so you can a little more contact back there. But, uh, yeah, that play just really did kind of – didn't look good from the beginning, and uh, fortunately just uh, only an incomplete pass that time. Yeah, need some big play calls here from offensive coordinator Riley Donaldson. They don't have a chance. Two receivers on each side. Donaldson and Carroll to the right. Linder and Johnson on the left. Clarkson drops back to pass, looking downfield, rolls out right, under pressure, steps up, throws, looking for Carroll, and it's caught by Max Carroll at the 45-yard line. Stiff arms the man out of bounds at past the 50-yard line. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> Max Carroll is amazing. Uh, that was unbelievable. Blake, first of all, let's give Blake credit. He, Great throw he, by Clarkson on the run. On the run. I mean, he was under intense pressure, it, but that was Clark, um, uh, Carroll was double covered, went up and snagged the ball out of the air, first down, Brian. Unbelievable. Saints going quickly now. Trips left. Caleb Donaldson, the single receiver to the right. Salim in the backfield. Clarkson drops back, looking downfield, under pressure once again, rolling out right. Takes a hit, and he is sacked. What a play by this night's defense. Clarkson could not get the ball away. All four receivers recovered very well. And now we got an injured night player at the 45-yard line after Clarkson took a big seven-yard sack. Yeah, that time you've got to give the credit to the uh, – uh, Pope prep defensive backs because actually Blake had a little bit of time that time but was unable to find a open receiver and eventually he was sacked. And that was number 60, junior Patrick Collins on the big sack. He'll check out of the game now. Clarkson will go back to the same formation with Donaldson to the single receiver on the right. 
Salim in the backfield, drops back the pass. It's a screen pass out wide to Johnson. Trying to get outside. Great coverage once again by this Knights defense. Number three, Denarius Perry. And number 30, Joey Greitza on the tackle. Third and about 15 here for the Saints. Once again, though, it's two down territory. Yeah, it sure is. And uh, Devin Johnson that time made a nice catch and then looked like he might get free, but good job by the uh, night defense. Yeah, great job by the night defense, as you said, Josh. Delaying him being able to get outside. Saints will change the formation. Trips right now. Johnson, the single receiver on the left. Salim's still in the game at running back. Now Clarkson looks to the sidelines. Play clock under 10 seconds. Under seven and a half to play here at Pope John Paul. Clarkson takes a snap. Drops back, looking downfield. Has a man over the middle of the field. It's Devin Johnson at the 35-yard line. First down, Briarcrest. Well, Coach Stewart said it before in the pregame show that he wanted to get the ball to Devin Johnson. Had success early in the game. Hadn't heard much from him lately, but that was a big play there. Yeah, had three receptions in the first quarter. His second one on this drive. First and ten, Briarcrest at the 35. They're moving the ball pretty well now, Josh. Two receivers on each side. Clarkson takes a snap. Under pressure, rolling out right, trying to get it to Donaldson, and it was almost intercepted by Maylander. Great play by Maylander, deflecting that pass. Second and ten now, Briarcrest, seven minutes to go exactly. Yeah, Donaldson actually did a pretty good job that time, kind of playing defensive back and making sure that ball wasn't picked off. Second and ten now for the Saints. Clarkson looking to the sideline for the call. Johnson, single receiver to the left. Salim in the backfield, trips right with Winder, Donaldson, and Walker. Clarkson, bootleg, rolling out right, throwing deep, looking to Linder, and it was almost intercepted by Maylander again. Not a bad throw by Clarkson, just a step behind Linder. Great play by Maylander, get a hand on the football in back-to-back plays. Yeah, got to give a lot of credit that time to JoJo Saleem. Uh, Blake was under a lot of pressure. JoJo actually kind of peeled back and gave him, a, gave him a nice block. Gave him time to throw, but the ball was almost picked off. Yeah, Max Carroll is not on the field for that second down play. Now back in the game for third and ten. Johnson once again, Seymour Stewart to the left. He's got Linder, Carroll, and Donaldson in that order on the right. Saleem in the game at running back. Clarkson takes a snap, under pressure, lobs one to Johnson. Almost made a nice catch. Great coverage, though, by the Knights from number five. Jackson Hayes, a senior defensive back, and now here's the ball game. Legit, legitimately this time, <laughs> with 6.48 to go in the ball game. Briarcrest facing a fourth and ten on the Pope John Paul 35-yard line. Yeah, I kind of thought, you know, the Briarcrest Saints, knowing that they had two downs to get that time, might go for a little bit shorter pass, but they didn't. But here we go, fourth and ten. Got to try to get the ball here to Linder or Carroll. Clarkson tried to get the Knights to jump off sides. Play clock down to 10 seconds. Clarkson checks the offensive line. Knights showing pressure. Takes a snap and they bring it. Clarkson steps up, going downfield to Linder, and it's over his head, incomplete. He just has not been able to connect on that deep ball. I know his shoulders have been bothering this week, Josh, but that time he's been overthrowing on the deep ball, not underthrowing. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, Reed was uh, just had about a half a step that time. And, and yeah, they just tonight, uh, a very dependable connection normally just hadn't worked tonight. Yeah, last night we kind of thought Clarkson, Carroll, Linder kind of got that established. I mean, beautiful game from those three last week. Just happened to get on the same page. Carroll back in the game now on defense. A fantastic two-way player for the Saints. See if they can get something going. So Brian Sneed is the head coach at uh, Pope Prep, and, um, you know, he's a football coach and I'm not, right? Sure. But 
If he I throws would, the ball here. I would run the ball. <laughs> Coleman's not in the game. Ainsley wearing the game at running back. Saints seen a quick four and out. Three and out, I should say, to force a punt. Saints will have four linemen, three linebackers, and four defensive backs with Cannon LaRusso playing deep safety. Minchie hands it off to Ware, trying to get outside of the right. Stiff arms the man before he's finally pushed out of bounds by Colin Collier. Short of the first down for a seven-yard gain. Yeah, and that's what you're, uh, uh, you know, that's what you, if you're a Pope Prep fan, I think that's what you want to see them do, run the football. Uh, unfortunately for Pope Prep, though, the running back did go out of bounds and stop the clock. Yeah, you got Ainsley wearing the game running back, usually a tight end slash linebacker, kind of using him as a power running back tonight in the second half. It's really been working to their advantage. Game clock is stops, as you said, Josh. Play clock now, about seven seconds to go. Mentions to hurry up and get this playoff. Now he drops back in the shotgun, trips left. Ainsley Ware now on his left hip. Barely got the playoff, the handoff to Ware. Trying to get to the right side. Got the first down, but he's finally taken down by Cooper Thompson. Yeah, that was a really nice run that time by Ware. Briarcrest looked to have that play stop, but he was very patient, waited for a hole to finally open, and then he just lunged forward for the first down. Yeah, he really needed that stop there on Second down, first and ten now for the Knights. Menchie in the shotgun. Ainsley Ware now three yards behind him. Still got three receivers to his left. He's got Cook, Maylander, and number eight, Josh Espinola. All three receiving touchdown tonight. Menchie in the shotgun, taking his time. Play clock down to seven seconds. Menchie now gets ready, takes a snap. Hand off to Ware. Got touched, got hit around the line, steering by Aiden Hydrick before he's finally taken down by Colin Collier. Past the 50-yard line at the 49-yard line, gain him about five for the Knights. Yeah, once again, Ware, I tell you, he's a fine – He, I don't. I haven't looked at their stats, so I don't know how much he's run it this year, but he looks very comfortable back there at running back. Yeah, it does have about 125 rushing yards coming into tonight, Josh, but it's still mostly used as a tight end and a linebacker. I mean, he was one of my featured defensive players for them tonight. And he's been more used as a running back. Lead the team in tackles. I mean, he's a stud on the defensive side of the ball, but he's really making his presence known here in the second half running the football. Second and five, under five and a half to go. Play clock down to two. Minchie takes a snap, hands it off to Ware again. Short of the first down, big tackle right there by Brandon Myers and Max Carroll, two of the leaders of this Briarcrest defense trying to fight for the rest of their season. Third down, nice. Third and three, Briarcrest needs to try to find a way to get up the field here. Now we're at the under five-minute mark here at Pope John Paul. They lead Briarcrest 28-13. Menchie will once again look to the sideline take their time. He has three receivers to the left. Ainsley wearing the game at running back and a tight end number 16, Bo Bailey. Really makes it tough to do play-by-play, play, doesn't it, when they take this amount of time. I mean every play. Every play. I mean, they're, running the, <laughs> they're running the play clock down as much as they can. Minchie's still waiting. They might just take a timeout here. I think that's what they're going to do. Timeout, Pope John Paul, 432 to go in the ball game. We'll take one with them here on the Mighty 990. And we are back here in Henderson, Hendersonville, Tennessee, off the campus of Pope John Paul. Pope Prep leads Briarcrest 28-13, 432 to go in the ball game. Pope John Paul has the ball, third and three at the Briarcrest 47-yard line. If the Saints want to have any life, they need to get a stop right here and force the Pope John Paul punt. Max Carroll's been the story of the game. He has a pick yeah. six, and then he continues to make big plays, has a receiving touchdown. He's both of the broadcast touchdowns, I should say. And he just 
continue that play. Pick six, had a big tackle for loss here early in this drive. So now third and three, Saints come out with their typical package of four linemen, three linebackers, and four defensive backs. Saints will put, they'll tight the box. Pope Prep will go to three wide receivers on the right. Tight formation with two tight ends, and then Ainsley wearing the game at running back. Now number eight, Josh Espinosa now motion to the left. Minchie takes a snap, handoff to Ware, and he's met right at the line by Aiden Heydrich and Cooper Thompson. No gain on the play. Fourth and three, decision time for Pope Prep. Yeah, great job that time by the Briarcrest defensive front. Really just blew that play up before it ever had a chance to, to get uh, going. So it's going to be fourth down. That looks like Briarcrest will call a timeout. Yeah, I was about to say, they need to start taking these timeouts. I mean, that was only the first time they've used in the half, and they still got fourth, 16 to go here in the ball game. You got a chance. I mean, we've seen crazier. We have yeah. seen crazier been done. Oh, exactly. So, you know, Pope Prep here, so I would assume they're going to punt here uh, and get it back to Briarcrest. And with uh, Max Carroll on the field and the way he's playing tonight, you've always got a chance to get back in the ball Absolutely. game. Absolutely. I mean, there's always a big play opportunity with Max. We're number three for the Saints is on the field. I mean, he'll get another chance. Blake Carson's just going to have to find a way to connect on the deep ball here. He will, absolutely, and has had a little bit of difficulty with that the uh, last few times. But uh, So you're traveling tomorrow. Are you going to have any opportunity to watch the Georgia-Tennessee game? I'm going to try. It's, gonna, <laughs> it's a very exciting game. Other games in the SEC. I'm interested to see how Auburn does under the interim coach, Cadillac Williams. Big chance for them on the road in Starkville. It's supposed to rain, I heard. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to rain a lot in the south. Today. And then, but the other game that I'm really interested in is Alabama LSU. That'll be a great game. If Alabama wins, you might get game day in Oxford next weekend against Alabama. It will be Pope John Paul into punt. Jojo Sleeman, Reed Leonard deep to kick. Here comes the punt from Pope Prep. It's number 30, Greitska, and it'll bounce. Reed Leonard will take it at about the 12, trying to get a little bit of running room. Gets to about the 17, maybe the 20 yard line. That's where Briar comes to start. Four minutes and four seconds to go. Got to get something going, and you got to get something going quick here for the Saints. Yeah, that was really a nice job that time by Linder. If he doesn't field that punt, it's going to kick down inside the 10-yard line. But he came up, made the field of it, and uh, got it back out to the 20. Yeah, so if you're offensive coordinator, Robin Dawson, how do you try to attack this situation? I mean, you're down 15, four minutes to go. What's your couple? What's your first few play calls? Well, I mean, you know, the, the obvious thing is get the ball into Max Carroll's hand. He's made so many big plays here in the second half. But I tell you, you know, also Parker just it, it, while Reed Leonard now they're backing the ball up for some reason. Hey, AirPod and a phone. It's gonna be a holding on the Saints. Ah, uh, okay. Didn't see the player, but back up now. It's gonna be at about the ten yard line. I never saw the flag. I never saw the flag on either, but. Either way, Clarkson will start out with two receivers to his right with Donaldson and Carroll. And then Reed Leonard and Devin Johnson on the left. Drops back to throw, looking downfield, going for Reed Leonard on the post round. It's intercepted by Josh Mayland at the 30-yard line to the 20, to the 15, before he's pushed out of bounds by Devin Johnson at about the 10-yard line. That's a killer right there, and that will be the ball game here. Pope John Paul will move on, and they will face Brentwood Academy next Friday night here in Nashville. But yeah, that that is uh, that that's about the ball game right there. And yeah, that was one of the few times tonight where Blake threw the ball up and just did not see that uh, safety out there, and that was a pretty easy interception for uh, the Knights. Yeah, I mean that, that's what some Blake Clarkson, who's as we said, Josh, we talked about this, went from a quarterback to a linebacker, back to a quarterback this season. And it's just been really impressive in his time back. I mean, that was only his second interception being back. 11 touchdowns for him this season. Great job by him. And now Kenny Minchie 
And the Pope Prep offense will take the field once again with 3.55 to go in the ball game. They'll start their drive at the 10-yard line. So first and goal for them. Trips left. Ainsley wearing the game at running back. They'll hand it off to him, and he's met right at the line. This Brackett's defensive line continues to put pressure on them and makes them kind of question the play call. Maybe that's why they're dropping back to pass. Trace Magro and Jay Setzer are on the tackle. Yeah, beautiful job once again by the Briarcrest defensive front. Just came up and met the running back really about a yard or two in the line, behind the line of scrimmage. Then finished the playoff, but once again, they are going to sit here and just let that clock run. Yeah, big shout-out to sophomore linebacker Jay Setzer kind of stepping up in the absence of John Richard Odell having a really solid game tonight. And, and uh, stepped up for the kicker as well. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he's been all over the place. And they were yeah. both presented issues for the Pope Prep. Kickoff coverage. Play clock now down to five for Minchie. Takes a snap. It's going to be another handoff to Ware. And he stopped again right up the line of scrimmage. Who might lose the yard? Blake Adams, the big freshman defensive tackle on the ta on the play. Adams is a tough guy to block. I mean, only a freshman. Yeah. 6'5", 305 pounds. He's going to be a monster for years to come in this Briarcrest defense. Yeah, well, head coach Brian Sneed of uh, – uh, Pope Prep, when he was down here last time, he called an ill-advised pass play that Briarcrest took back for a touchdown. It doesn't look like he's going to make that mistake again here. Now, two receivers to the left for Minchie with number 10, Colin Cook, on the right. He's matched up with Colin Collier, so two Collins going at it right now. Ainsley Ware still in the game at running back with two tight ends for the Knights. Minchie's played pretty well correct and up until these past two drives where he's had two interceptions. Now in the tight ends of motion. So two tight ends on the right. Mincy takes a snap, handoff to Ware, trying to go for a counter, and he's got the end zone. Max Carroll tried to get in there, made him miss. Great play by them. And Ainsley Ware takes it in for his first touchdown of the game. And now Pope John Paul leads 34-13 with 2.14 to go in the ballgame. Yeah, that time Pope John Paul took advantage of the Briarcrest's aggressive nature up front. Uh, just looked like they were going to run up the middle, but immediately pivoted to the outside. And there was nothing but, nothing but green artificial turf in between him and the end zone. Yeah, injury timeout here on the field for Pope John Paul. Just got a text. Hudson Tucker, freshman backup quarterback, is warming up on the Briarcrest sideline. So we might see him for the last drive of the game for the Saints. See if he can get a little momentum as he concludes his season going into his sophomore campaign. Will he'll have a case, along with Cade Carlson, to be the starting quarterback next season? Yeah, I tell you, well, uh, Tucker uh, showed me anyway earlier in the year. In the You know, when he came in late in the games, he has an outstanding arm. Yeah, outstanding arm. Great vision down there as well. Just needs to kind of find the arm strength and just kind of get the accuracy honed in for next season. Well, you made a good point, too. You know, it's so funny. This has been a long season. It's the 11th game. It seemed like so, so many things have happened at the quarterback position. Cade Carlson, you know, had the, was one of, had the – best game of the week against Houston and probably Briarcrest's biggest win of the year as it turns out. Yeah. And now he just almost is kind of the forgotten man because he's been out for so long. Yeah, he's been back out with a back injury this rest of the season. Trying to get back to full strength. I've been told he will be back to full strength. He's a big lacrosse player. He'll be back for that season. And it's really a tough stretch. I mean, we've played four different quarterbacks. I mean, it's just yeah. a brutal offense. You still had receivers put up ridiculous numbers like coming in tonight. Max Crew had 541 yards and 12 touchdowns. He's added Two touchdowns to that mark. Reed Leonard had almost 1,000 yards, or almost 900 yards, excuse me. Just two great seasons for them, those two guys, and they will have opportunities at the next level, especially Division One, with Max going to TCU. Reed Leonard still undecided on where he'll be playing next season. He'll be playing at Division One level for sure. And I think he's a player who can really make an impact at wherever program he goes. And kind of in 
underrated receiver, I would say. I mean. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, I tell you, you really hate to see this, Parker, the young man from uh, uh, Pope Prep, uh, still down on the field. They've already had one major injury tonight, and this could be the second. They might be bringing out a stretcher here on the far sideline. And you talked about that Houston young performance by Cade Carlson. I mean, I, I feel like not only was that the game of the year for the Saints, that was the most talked about game in the city that week. Yep. I mean, you come down 21 nothing, and we got dominated that first half by their running back, Damon Sisa. I mean, he ran for 150 yards in the first quarter. I mean, that's pretty impressive by them. And then <laughs> Kate Carlson in the offense, he got nicknamed the truth after that game, just kind of turned it on the Jets, and it was an amazing comeback and a great story for him. Yeah, it really was, and, uh, and, and you know, you look and see how Houston went on to fit play the rest of the year and you look back on it and go wow what an impressive victory uh, but you know this Briarcrest team as you know Parker started the season ranked number two in the uh, Daily Memphian and had a lot of high hopes but I really think just the unsettledness at the quarterback position for between lots of different reasons we had that um, uh, they just didn't seem to ever be able to overcome it yeah we saw tons of quarterback adversity uh, I think adversity is really the great theme of this team and I hate it that it is but that really was the storyline of this season and we saw a bunch of injuries when tonight Coop Brown, John Richard Odell, two starters that aren't playing, Zach Green's been battling injuries he's playing through one tonight, King Johnson who was a great left guard for us last season he's playing his first game of the season tonight yeah. got hurt in the preseason with a neck injury that was actually in practice not even a game injury that was out for that long I mean injury bug and then just the adversity just really is the storyline of this team and I feel like the resiliency they had in their willingness to fight even late in this football game here tonight. Yeah, thoughts and prayers out right now to the young man. We, we would love to tell you who it is, but there's several uh, trainers and coaches uh, surrounding him right now, so we don't know. But uh, this must be a serious injury because he has been down for a long time. Yeah, this is a serious injury. They've thought of bringing a stretcher. They're waiting to see if they need a wheel out or not. We'll take a commercial break here. We'll be back on the Mighty 990 for the rest of this football game. And we are back now at Hendersonville, Tennessee, the campus of Pope John Paul, and it's a really sad story here. Late in this football game, Pope John Paul leads the Saints 34-13. to We are now having a stretcher wheeled out. There's an injured night player down at about the 15-yard line. Coaches from both teams now, Coach Stewart is now walking in there to check on them. Tongue Athletic trainers and now two medical staff members are wheeling out a stretcher. Must be a back injury. We saw one of those scary instances at the Houston game as well. Big I believe it was a tibia injury. It was the first play of the game. Very first remember, play of the yeah. game. We take a 15-minute <laughs> commercial timeout. Very sad. So we're seeing another instance like that here tonight. We're now going to have a prayer yeah, for the injured player. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from the evil. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we are back here on the Mighty 990. They've got him now lifted up onto the stretcher. Still can't get a number on him. Once again, our thoughts and prayers are with this player and his family. Yeah, I just tried to go in there and find out uh, who it was. I didn't really want to uh, disturb the Pope John Paul folks, so I talked to the Briarcrest coaches and uh, still don't know who he was. Uh, uh, I did learn, though, it didn't It didn't appear to be from contact. He apparently just kind of collapsed. And wow. So, uh, um, tough situation here at uh, Pope John Paul. 
And, folks, we would love to talk to you about other stuff, but it's really too somber an atmosphere right now. We, we just need to be kind of respect this right now. Yeah, once again, our thoughts and prayers with this player and his family. We can now hear Amblitz coming to the scene. And we got him onto the stretcher. Yeah, both teams, both the Briarcrest team and the uh, Pope John Paul team are all have taken a knee. And it is, other than the siren that we hear out in the distance, it is complete and total silence here in the stadium. They're now wheeling him off on the field in our thoughts and prayers. With this Pope John Paul playing a great siren as he gives a thumbs up from him. Yeah, that, that's goosebump uh, time when he uh, raised his hand up uh, to show the folks that uh, at least he can move his arms. Yeah, huge sign relief from them. And still unable to get a clear number out of that, but our thoughts in prison now. Both teams will huddle up before the conclusion of this game, and Pope John Paul will attempt a PAT after their touchdown from Anderson Ware. That feels like that was 20 minutes ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago, and uh, – uh, they're still, uh, yeah, just now getting him off the field. And, again, I, I know everybody home joins us. We'll be praying for that young man. And uh, just pray for a 100% recovery. Just got a text from the other side of the stadium. It was number 60, junior tight end and defensive lineman Patrick Collins. Our thoughts and prayers with Patrick and, it, and the Collins family. And now back to the action of PAT coming from number 32, Nathan Fresmeyer. 82, excuse me, Will Hard buckle. Kick is up and the kick is good right down the middle. Pope John Paul sends the lead over Briarcrest, 35 to 13. Yeah, and Arbuckle actually gets up limping off the field. It looked like there's a little contact down there. I tell you, it's been a tough few minutes for Pope John Paul. There is a flag down the play. That's probably what it is going to be running into the kicker. He's still. He's a little bit shaken up, still walking on his own power pretty easily. And roughing into the kicker. That'll be assessed on the kickoff. And as we conclude our football season here for Briarcus on KWAM, big thank you to the Briarcus Athletic Department and the KWAM family. This great opportunity for Briarcus. We broadcast on this great station. And thanks to you, Josh, for doing all these games and traveling. A great opportunity for us. And thanks to you, Parker, for three years of great service. Now, you said you may come back a little bit. Yeah, I would love to come back up. Hopefully not my time done here for Briarcrest Broadcasting. Yeah. Especially not, hopefully my time, time not done with KWAM. Love the opportunity here and really blessed by it. And we'll finish out the last 2.14 to go. Briarcrest will get the ball back. And I've been told it will, we might see Hudson Tucker in this last three. Was, yeah, but I do still see Blake Clarkson here on the edge of the sideline. We'll see what quarterback they go to here. So now they'll kick off from the 45-yard line. It looks like they're going to be able, after the penalty, going to be able to kick it off there from the 45-yard line. So it'll be Arbuckle to kick with Johnson, Colin Collier, and Reed Leonard deep to return for Briarcrest. Devin Johnson, Colin Collier. Arbuckle takes a steps back, and here comes the kick. And it'll be a touchback. Leonard tried to return it. <laughs> And it'll be a touchback. Briarcrest has to start their drive at the 20-yard line. And we'll see what quarterback trots out. And it is going to be Blake Clarkson. He'll take his last drive. As a member of the Briarcrest Saints football team, 
Great season for him and a great career for him as playing many different positions. Played tight end, linebacker, and quarterback during his four years with the Briarcrest football team. Yeah, and like we talked about earlier, in the middle of all this upheaval, um, he actually has put together statistically a great year with the, the final stats from the Daily Memphian in the paper today, and he was uh, amongst the leaders uh, throughout the quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. Coming in tonight, just over 1,000 yards, fourth in passing yards per game and fifth in total yards per game. He takes a snap, finds Linder right there to the 25, to the 30, up ahead to the 35, to the 40. Almost about the 43-yard line, and I'm wondering, Josh, where his numbers are tonight. He, I was told pregame he was close to breaking two records. Not sure if he's gotten there tonight or not. He was close to breaking most receptions in a season and most total yards in a season. Well, he got a lot of yardage that time and really the first big play of the night for Reed. Clarkson takes a snap once again, trying to find Linder. It's a high ball, incomplete. Deflected by number 30 for the night. Joey Greiza, the senior defensive back, making another play. Second and 10 now for the Saints. 147 to go in the ball game. Yeah, that ball was almost picked off that time. So uh, see if Clarkson can get connected. Linder a couple more times here to close out their season. And it may be the Briarcrest coaches are trying to get Reed that record because they're going to him uh, twice in a row there. That time was yeah. kind of a desperation. Clarkson was under pressure. But Linder and Johnson to the left. Carroll and Donaldson to the right. Clarkson drops back. Under pressure, big sack, he'll throw it away. That might be intentional grounding, and it is. Yeah, now it looks like Blake is shaking up a little bit on the play. Yeah, it kind of took a late hit, and the defender kind of took his time getting off of him. It is going to be intentional grounding. Now the, the Brockers Athletic Trainers will take a look at Blake. It is intentional grounding is the call, so it'll be third and long. Penalty signal is for intentional. And what do you do here, Parker? I mean, we've just had a, a very serious injury situation. There have been multiple players for Pope John Paul yeah, hurt tonight. Now you got Blake Clarkson down. Do you just throw the white flag here and take a knee and head back home? I mean, it's a tough situation. I, mean, I understand. It would be really cool for Free Leonard to get those records, but I think the safety yeah. of the players might be the top concern here. Clarkson's already had one pretty serious injury with a broken ankle, I believe it was the injury, and it was a foot injury. We'll see how he is after this play. He looks pretty shaken up here, still down on the ground. Coach Stewart and three of our athletic trainers down there with them right now. Hudson Tucker continues to get warmed up on the sidelines. So I asked you earlier if you're going to get to try to watch any of the uh, Georgia-Tennessee game. Well, who, who do you think is going to win that football game? I've told people all week, I've been talking about this game with my friends a lot, and I believe if Georgia, Georgia can keep it low scoring. Georgia will win the football game. If Tennessee makes this game a shootout, Tennessee can win the football game. But ultimately, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I mean, you look at it one way. you got the number one versus number one in the AP poll, Georgia, and then the CFP poll, Tennessee. It's going to be a very exciting game. And kind of wish it was a primetime game, but it is the 2.30 SEC game. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. And then Alabama and LSU, I believe that's the 6 o'clock ESPN game tomorrow yep. night. Should be a lot of fun. Another great night of football. For college tomorrow night, Blake Clarkson now back up, walking off his own power. Yeah, that's a good to see. He he looks okay, yeah. Getting big hugs from his offensive line, especially his fellow seniors, Zach Green and Nate Blood. So Nate will continue his football career for the next four years at Rice University. Great opportunity for him as they've actually – Moving up now in the conference realignment situation, they'll be now in the American Conference along with Memphis next season. Well, I tell you what, uh, Parker, it's going to be really interesting to see Max Carroll next year at TCU. He's going there at such a great time. TCU's turned their program around. Undefeated still this year, 8-0. Yeah. No. 
in the top four. I believe he will be playing defense there. Hudson Tucker in the game. Trips right for him with Lindyard Carroll and Donaldson on the right side. Devin Johnson to the left. Dodo Sleeman in the game at running back. He tried to – Linder was open, tried to get it to Donaldson downfield. Now fourth and 27. Offense will stay on the field for the Saints. Check that, Caleb Donaldson. Donaldson. Davis Walker checks in the game for Caleb Donaldson. Ball goes to the ground. So now with three receivers on the right, it will be Walker. Carroll and Walker and Carroll on the right. Linder and Johnson on the left. Sleem still in, there in the game at running back. Pope kind of dropping their, their defensive backs way back. Three safeties are back 30 yards downfield. Tucker takes a snap, trying to find Max Carroll, gets in the ball. At the scrimmage, the ball pops out, and, Kate and Pope John Paul recovers. And now that will likely be the end of the game. They will yeah. just run this clock out, hopefully, that we avoid any more serious injuries. A minute 23 to go. And I say that, and there is an injured lineman. I believe that's Cade Shivers now down. And it's really a sad scene here now, Josh. We can't seem to go about a minute on the clock without an injury. And Cade Shivers looks to be okay. He'll walk yeah. off his own power just a little limped up. Looks like it might be a back or an arm injury. Yeah, he may have actually landed on the ball or something and knocked the wind out. I don't know. We obviously don't know what happened. But the good news is he's okay. He's walking off under his own power. So now a minute 23 to go. Pope Prep will take the ball at the Briarcrest 20-yard line. And looks like Kenny Minchie will drop into victory formations. They will now continue this season, as we said, next week. Take on the number one team from the rest West Region, Brentwood Academy, what should be a very exciting game here in Nashville next weekend. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. And then, of course, on the other side, uh, NBA is the team, I think, to beat in the, in the entire state. They've got a great quarterback who's actually an Ole Miss commit. And uh, so, yeah, looking forward to, to see how this plays out the rest of the year. Yeah, it should be a very exciting conclusion of the nice state tournament. MUS beat Father Ryan tonight by a score of 17-10. I'm sure Josh will talk about those and the rest of the scores in the postgame show in about a minute. They will play Baylor next week on the road in Chattanooga, so that'll be a tough test for the Owls, who played the Saints very well. They came away with a two-point victory. Should be a tough test for them. Christian Brothers, last time I heard, was leading Knoxville Catholic. Minch, you have to take the, a knee about Your second round matchup is next week two more times. So Briarcrest will conclude their season with a five and six record. Pope John Paul will improve to eight and three. Minchie will take a knee one more time as this clock winds down here now under 30 seconds. And as we said, unbelievable opportunity for Briarcrest. We broadcast on this great radio station. Yep. Unbelievable opportunity for me. Yep. And absolutely thanks to you, Josh, for these past three years. It's been amazing. Thank you. That'll be the conclusion. We'll throw it to Josh Davis for the postgame show. Final from Pope John Paul. They defeat Briarcrest 35-13. to From the mighty 990 Broadcast Center, it's the EPM Appraisals postgame show. EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Here's Josh Rivera. That's it, guys. Briarcrest falling to uh, Pope Prep 35-13 to and Unfortunately, that's it for the season for the Saints. They finished to five and six in their overall record. Pope Prep eight and three. They're going to be advancing to the next round. And let's go ahead and look at the bracket. We'll give you some insight on some of the teams that have won in the bracket that uh, Brad Crest is in right now. That bracket is a Division Two Class Triple A. 
And I mentioned the halftime show, the Montgomery Bell Academy, Endsworth, Baylor, and Brentwood Academy. They All four of those teams had a first round bye. So looking at Montgomery Bell Academy, they're going to be playing what looks to be, and I don't have the final score uh, just yet, but they're going to be playing the winner of Christian Brothers and Knoxville. And I have Christian Brothers leading that game against Knoxville Catholic 34-20. to So it looks like they're going to be facing off against uh, Christian Brothers next week. Uh, I'll be giving you the final score when it comes in. It uh, when it comes in, Endsworth looking down to bracket. They're going to be playing McCalley. Uh They beat Saint Benedict at Auburndale tonight, and I'll give you all the scores, all the Friday night scores, in just a bit. But just going to give you a quick idea of what the rest of this specific bracket is going to look like. Uh, we had earlier Memphis University beating Father Ryan seventeen to ten. That's a final score. Now MUS is going to be playing Baylor in the second round. And then Brentwood, who also had that first round by, they're undefeated in the uh, div- in this in the division. They're not going to be playing Pope John Paul uh, next week. That's going to be a big showdown. And then from that point on, it's all playoffs, all playoff action. It, who knows what's going to happen at that point? And uh, it's going to be fun to keep up with spe- this specific bracket. It's also going to be fun to keep up with the other games that's going on. We have some final scores coming in. I already told you, Saint Benedict losing to McCalley forty-two to six. You also have MUS there. That final score, they beat Father Ryan 17 to 10. That was a close one. You know, I was thinking, is MUS about to upset? Or is MUS about to be upset by Father Ryan? It was a close game. You look at 17 and 10. That was within a one touchdown margin. And you're thinking, anything can happen in the playoffs. Father Ryan could run away with this one. But unfortunately for Father Ryan, MUS had the stronger hand and they pull away to the second round. Covington and Hamilton, that's going to be a final score of 42 to 6. And Covington's going to advance. Uh, in those playoffs, they're going to be playing Millington, and I'll get to that Millington score in just a bit. Uh, but moving on, we have top seeded. There's a first upset, by the way, of the night. Melrose, the top seeded Melrose against Obion County. Melrose was a 9 and 1 in the season. This has been a team all year long. I've been saying what an impressive turnaround from last season. Melrose, unfortunately, in the first round of the playoffs, they're the top seed. They fall in the first round against Obion County 42 to 32 that is not what they expected that is not what they uh, were preparing for to lose in the first round of the playoffs after such an incredible season but their their season's over and that is the magic of the playoffs one game can change everything and that will be it for them Obion County will be moving on to the second round Henry County and Dyer County 28 to 0 Henry County winning that game close game between ECS and Silverdale Academy Silverdale Academy, they're a seven and three team. ECS a four and five team, and it's sixteen to twenty. Silverdale Academy leading right now, and uh, that's a pretty close game considering that Silverdale has a pretty big advantage record wise over uh, ECS. Uh, and so we'll keep an eye on that game. That's going to be that's that's an upset alert right there. I know it's their ECS is still losing, but you know that's within four points. All it takes is a touchdown, and you're looking at an upset uh, as the game starts to wind down. Tipton Rosemark and Middle Tennessee Christian. Uh, Middle Tennessee Christian uh, winning that game 45-7. to Tipton Rosemark's season uh, appears to be over. That game's not called yet, but it pretty much is. I think the clock is running in that game. Final score, Haywood and Kirby. Haywood uh, and Kirby. Haywood winning 41-0. to That's a final score. And then you have Houston and Independence. That's a final score. Houston's going to win that game 27-10. to That's going to be a lot of fun as Houston's going to be facing off against Germantown. And again, I'll just jump right into this one. Germantown and Ravenwood final score, 30-13, to Germantown winning. So now you're looking at a second round, Houston versus Germantown. That is going to be 
a game to watch for sure. These two teams have been on top of the standings for much of the season. Houston with huge wins. Germantown uh, being undefeated practically until mid to late season. So now you have two of these teams, two powerhouse Memphis teams facing off in round number two. That's going to be so much fun uh, to look at next week. Uh, in that huge showdown. Dyersburg and Raleigh, Egypt. Final score, Dyersburg winning 58-12. to You look at Millington and East. I just mentioned how Covington and Millington will be playing next week in the second round. So Millington beating East 37-12. to That's a final score. Uh, again, Millington and Covington, they're going to be facing off in the second round of those playoffs. Centennial and Bartlett, that's going to be a final score. Bartlett winning 46-28. to And again, Bartlett... They've had such an impressive season, and this is nothing short of what I expected for the Bartlett Panthers. They're going to be uh, ready to play next week for sure uh, in the second round of the playoffs. Looking at North Point and Davidson Academy, Davidson Academy leading 29-14. to Pretty disappointing season for North Point. It seems that they're going to lose this game uh, with the game pretty much winding down. North Point's kind of had an up-and-down season, but for the most part, they were a pretty impressive team. Uh, Southwind and Portland right now. Portland leading 17, I'm sorry, 11 to 7 uh, right now. Memphis Central and Springfield 27 to 7. Memphis Central down. You also have Fayette Academy and Donaldson Christian. Uh, Donaldson Christian leading 14 to 0 in that game. And then this is a pretty disappointing one. We don't have the final score yet, but last time I checked, the last uh, updated version have Craigmont and South Gibson. Do we have another situation where you know we have an upset again? We just talked about how Melrose uh, Melrose was just uh, upset in the playoffs. Pretty disappointing for them. Nine to, they were a 9-1 team. Another team that was 9-1 was Craigmont, and they're down against South Gibson 21-6. to So now you look at Melrose and Craigmont both having 9-1 seasons, and I was talking about how both of these teams have perhaps the highest turnaround uh, from last year, but it looks like uh, it looks like Craigmont and Melrose will be among those upset in the season. That game's not over yet, but... 6-21 to 21 with a running clock, that's tough. Uh, really disappointing end for Craigmont. But you cannot hang your hats on the incredible season that they've had all season long. A really great turnaround. And they're going to be they're going to be looking to redeem next year for sure. Carville and Brentwood High School, not Brentwood Academy. That's a final score. Guys, again, this is going to be a tough one. Carville, their season is over. And again, Carville has been a team that has been undefeated most of the season until falling late in the season. And there was talk about Carville potentially running away with this whole thing, going all the way to the championship game potentially. That's how deep of a team they were. They were undefeated last year, and they were an eight and two team this year. And it sucks now. Their their season is over. They're losing to Brentwood Academy, Brentwood High School, excuse me, seventeen to seven. That's going to be a rough one for the Dragons. And so Brentwood High School is going to be facing off against Bartlett in the next round, the round number two in the playoffs. Uh, assuming that there's no ca- catastrophe, I think Barlett has won that game. Fairly and Camden final score, Fairly 54-26, Fairly moving on to round number two. You have Union City and Freedom Prep. Union City leading 41-12 against Freedom Prep. They have Christian Brothers High School and Knoxville Catholic. Christian Brothers again leading that game 34-20. to uh, And then also Christ Presbyterian Academy. They're going to be beating Boyd Buchanan 27-16. to and Christ Presbyterian Academy will be facing off against Laws Ann, who's had a first round bye next round in the second round of the playoffs. We have some final score updates that are just now coming in. Uh, ECS, so that's going to be a final score. And I just told you how ECS was down 16 to 20, but the final score has just came out. ECS rallying back, 
they actually, no, they rallied back to get a closer margin, but it was not enough. Silverdale winning that game 27 to 23. That will be the end of ECS's season. And again, I just talked about how Collierville just fell in the first round. Uh, you know, Collierville Athletics tweeting out a thank you to the class of 2023. And again, that's the sad reality of uh, the playoffs is just the seniors. A lot of the seniors that are losing tonight is their last game of the season. Uh, unfortunately for uh, for Briarcrest is among one of them. And you had a really great play by Max Carroll finishing off the season strong. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough for Briarcrest and a lot of the seniors. What a tough, tough, disappointing ending to uh, a season that they just did not expect, uh, unfortunately. But uh, you know that's going to be the final score for them. So, guys, that's going to be it for all the scores around um, Memphis for now. And, of course, before the show ends, we'll go one more time through all these scores. Make sure you're updated because there are still some coming in. Some games are not fully done yet. Uh, but, anyways, that's it. And, again, that's the sad reality of college of college football, of high school football. Again, but that's what makes it so exciting. When we come back, guys, we're going to talk – excuse me. We're going to talk to Brian Moss Namowitz. He's the publisher of Tiger Sports Report, and he's also part of the Rivals and Yahoo Sports Network. We're going to talk some Tiger football. What a tough season so far, a roller coaster of a season, I should say, for the Memphis Tigers. We're going to talk some Tiger football when we come back after this commercial break, so stick around. Now, back to the EPM Appraisals Postgame Show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back, guys, to the post-game show here in the Mighty 990 studios. And this is the post-game show sponsored by EPM Appraisals. EPM Appraisals evaluating property in the Mid-South. And again, tough loss for Briarcrest. Their season is ending against Pope Prep, 35-13. to And we're going to talk some more football. We're going to segue into some college football. We're going to specifically talk about Memphis Tiger football with uh, my good friend here, Brian Moss. He's the publisher of Tiger Sports Report. Brian, thank you for joining the show. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. For sure. And let's just jump right into it. Three consecutive losses for the Tigers. And a lot of fans are just so shocked with what's, what's been happening. What has been the biggest reason, in your opinion, for Memphis losing their way after starting the season 4-1? and one? I think it's just little things, and it just snowballed into you know big things. Uh, I mean, some games you started off strong and couldn't finish. Other games you, you know, you start off very slow but finish strong. I mean... There's a, a lot of missed blocks here, missed tackles there. Uh, it just, uh, you know, dropped interceptions, dropped uh, uh, passes. It just, all these little things just all of a sudden hit you at once and it snowballed and, you know, all of a sudden now you're on this losing streak. Yeah, that's the thing about, you know, just making those plays. Those can make the difference in, in a win or a loss. And we're going to segue into some of the fans and, and how they feel frustrated with Coach Silverfield. Uh, especially on Twitter, and I'm on Twitter checking, you know, a lot of the people's thoughts, and it's pretty brutal out there. And I'm curious to know from your uh, uh, perspective, should this be the final season for him uh, with Memphis? How do you feel about Coach Silverfield and, and his time left with the with the Tigers? No, I think he he still he's still the head coach, and he still deserves a, a shot in another year. Because if you take a look, I mean, the kids are still playing very hard. It's it just the you know just small little things that need to be uh, you know buttoned up. Like if you take a look at the Houston game. I mean, they had Memphis had that game won uh, three or four different times. Uh, poor tackling, dropped interception. It just there's so many things that that happen. Just like I said, all at once. Same thing with uh, East Carolina. It just just these little things. Plus Silverfield. I mean, he has the top two best recruiting classes ever back to back, and this year uh, it's going to be the third best recruiting class. So. You know, I don't. I'm not the one that signs the the paychecks. 
you know, at Memphis, but if I were the one in charge, he would definitely get another year because of all the talent. The talent's young, and the kids are still playing, uh, you know, very hard for Silkham. But we'll find out this Saturday or tomorrow. Yeah, and let's... We'll see. We'll see how they come out playing. Because if the kids... The body language is key for me. So if they come out and and you see them flat, not really playing hard, then you know the kids have given up. But we haven't seen that yet. So that's why I think, uh, you know, he he still deserves another shot, even though fans are clamoring, you know, they're frustrated. Mm -hmm. Rightfully so. I mean, it's, it's a good thing now that Memphis fans expect to, you know, expect wins. I mean, they should be at least eight wins every single year. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, that's the thing. A lot of it is just uh, fan noise. We all know how fans can be overreact, you know, overreacting. Uh, that's pretty typical in the sports world. But again, that, I guess that is one way of looking at it. A positive way is just high expectations for this Tiger football team. And let's talk about tomorrow's game. They're, uh, speaking of a big game tomorrow, they're going to be playing number 25 ranked UCF. How do you feel about the Tigers heading into tomorrow's game? Uh, their chances of winning this one? There, there's good chance. I mean, just like, uh, you know, against uh, UCF, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Houston and East Carolina. Memphis has the talent. They can win this game. It just, they have to, you know, stop shooting themselves in the foot. They they have to play four quarters. And, you know, on, on, when Memphis was winning, they were getting more turnovers than they were turning the ball over. Losing streak, different story. So you got to stop turning the ball over and start getting some turnovers. But it, it's a it's a game that Memphis can win, and you know we'll we'll see what happens because uh, their UCF starting quarterback uh, more than likely will not play uh, because of injury. So Memphis definitely has a chance. You just you just need to see them button some things up. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll be. Uh, very eager to see what happens tomorrow, and I'll leave you with this question: Memphis is three and one at home, but one and three away. I thought that was a particularly interesting stat to me. Why have they been struggling so much on the road? Is it kind of a mental thing? Because sometimes that can happen with teams uh, across going to other stadiums and feeling big pressure and, and losing those games. Why the bad away record? Yeah, I, I think. Well, you take that first uh, first away uh, game was at Mississippi State, so you could throw that one away. It really, it's, it was the last two games. You know, when you lost against Houston, it just it snowballed. You know, these little things that just keep you know popping up. And then when it happened again at Tulane, there's your you know zero and two you know on the road, zero and three obviously you know with uh, Mississippi State. You do have that Navy one, but with the two uh, straight losses on the road, it's these little things that that's just just you know, bite me in the butt, and they have to fix that. You know, sure tackling. The tackling hasn't been the greatest. I mean, if the ball hits you in the hands, you got to catch it. Yeah. Special teams, I mean, the, the coverage has uh, got to improve because just a few years ago, Memphis was one of the best uh, special teams efficiency. Now, you know, not so much. So there, there's things that, uh, you know, they need to do that they just have to do because tomorrow – I mean, it, it looks bleak for Coach Silverfield if you do lose tomorrow. But even at that, you can win the next three, go to a bowl game, win the bowl game, and then you're at eight eight wins, and that's where Memphis fans, uh, you know, expect you to be. Yeah. So Memphis Tigers are going to be playing tomorrow, two thirty p.m. at home against UCF. They're the number twenty fifth ranked team in the college uh, in the college rankings. Uh, Brian, first time on the show. I want to thank you for joining me, and I, I hope to speak to you soon. Will do, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course. 
All right, that was Brian Moss. He is the publisher of Tiger Sports Report. He's also part of Rivals and Yahoo Sports Network. I want to thank him for being on the show and giving really good insight. And we're going to get more insight when we come back with this break. I'm going to be talking to Mitch Davies, host of The Mitch Davis Show. And we talked about Memphis Tiger football and how eh, rollover coaster of a season they've been having. But we're going to talk about some more Tennessee football. Is this perhaps the game of the year? Tennessee and Georgia playing. That's number one and the number two seed. We'll get into all of that. I'm so excited to talk to him about some more college football, uh, some good college football in Tennessee. We'll have all of that after this commercial break. Magnolia Homes is your local luxury home builder in the Memphis area. Magnolia Homes is committed to their slogan, live life well, and pledge their attention to the curated design and personalized features that reflect distinctive taste. They pledge their attention to craftsmanship, originality, superior materials, and dedication to their homeowner's total satisfaction. Celebrating 35 years, Magnolia Homes is a locally family-owned business by Karen Garner and Reggie Garner Jr. Explore their six communities with five furnished models. Click yourmagnoliahome.com for more info. Frame your stories for a lifetime. Rando Framing Gallery provides a wide variety of frames for senior pictures, wedding photographs, high school and college diplomas, jerseys, art, and restores frames for historical prints and paintings as well. A local family business. Let Rando Framing Gallery serve you with distinctive custom designs. There is something for everyone. Rando Framing Gallery, located in the Germantown Collection, off Poplar and Exeter. Easy to park, easy to get it done, and easy to get out. Curbside parking available. Now, back to the EPM Appraisals Postgame Show with Josh Rivera. All right, welcome back to the postgame show. Unfortunately, Briarcrest losing their season. That's it for them. They lost to Pope Prep 35-13. Briarcrest finishing with a 5-6 record. This is the postgame show sponsored by EPM Appraisals. EPM Appraisals evaluating property in the Mid-South. And on the phone with me, I want to talk some Tennessee football, some college football. It's been so exciting for Tennessee Volunteer fans specifically, I have Mitch Davis on the line with me. He's the host of the Mitch Davis Show. And pretty much for the last several weeks, we've been talking nonstop college football, uh, especially since Tennessee has just been having a breakout season. Josh, thank you so much for having me on. It's always an honor. And yeah, Tennessee, man, they got a big old game tomorrow. And I'm excited about it. I'm watching it from uh, the Liberty Bowl. Going to also uh, be releasing my interview with the voice of the Volunteers early tomorrow morning. Bob Keston. We talked all things Tennessee football. Uh, a lot of fun going on on Rocky Top, and a lot of great things are happening in Knoxville right now. Yeah, and that this is the first question I want to ask because it seems like it's the most obvious question, at least for me. Is Tennessee and Georgia perhaps the game of the year in terms of hype, and could this be a classic game? Oh, man, without a doubt. You know, it's hard to beat that Alabama game that was a couple weeks ago, third Saturday in October. Uh, but this is by far the biggest game since 1998 for the Tennessee Volunteers. It is, without question, the biggest game for Tennessee. Uh, obviously, coming into this matchup, I've been saying this uh, for the last two or three weeks, Tennessee's the best team in the country. Wow. The second best team in the country is the Georgia Bulldogs. This is going to be a darn good football game, and I'm excited for this matchup. Yeah, this is exactly what college football fans basically salivate over. I mean, this is what you want, the best and the second best facing off and this is not only just implications for the top for the ap25 this is also big implications for the number one seed in the college football playoffs how many sec teams can get in that college football playoffs mitch tell me man that's a heck of a question realistically there's a cho- there's a chance for three sec teams to get in realistically i think two get in i think if uh, let's say tennessee beats georgia this weekend alabama beats tennessee in the college football playoffs then obviously you got to take alabama you'll take tennessee 
then you'll have to possibly take Georgia. A lot depends on what happens in the Big Ten. Will TCU be tripped up in the Big 12? What happens in the game between Ohio State and Michigan? A lot of question marks still remain, but, man, we are getting a clearer and clearer picture, and I think the winner of the game uh, tomorrow in Athens is clearly in the college football playoffs as of right now. Absolutely, and probably locking in that number one seed. I know there's still plenty of games left to go, but you win that game, you pretty much, have, like you said, secured that spot in the college football uh, playoffs. Let's stick around with Tennessee as well. I, I want to keep going on them because it's just been such a surprising year. You said earlier this week on our morning show that this feels like 1998 again. They were just ranked the number one team in by the college football playoff committee. Uh, and I asked you this during the morning show, but I want to make sure that our people listening now uh, get your take on this. Did they get it right? Did they get that ranking right? Or, or is Georgia snubbed? Absolutely, they got it right. I mean, when you look at the fact that you look at the stats. Go look at the stats and look at what Tennessee is averaging. Compare them to the 2019 LSU Tigers team led by Joe Burrow, who won a national championship. The comparison is almost undeniable at this point. I mean, Tennessee is the best team in the country. As far as people getting snubbed and who should have been ranked what or whatever, I think the, the tandem of Michigan, Clemson, and TCU, that could have been flipped either way. I think looking at it, Michigan is the fourth-best team in the country. Obviously, you know, you've got Ohio State, you got Georgia, uh, but Michigan is probably deserving of that college football playoff. Uh, you know, but the thing about it is the name of Clemson, the Clemson, you know, Clemson has not beaten anybody. I get it. Michigan's non-conference schedule is a little, a little weaker, but the ACC is a better conference. Uh, I mean, the ACC is a weaker conference than the Big Ten. The Big Ten is smash-mouth football. It's the second-best conference in college football right now. Okay, so Tennessee, Georgia, they're going to be facing off. We've been talking nonstop. Have you changed your mind at all on your prediction? Uh, you say that Tennessee is going to win this game. You say Rocky Top will be on top again. Are you sticking with that? Good old Rocky Top, baby. Wow. Uh, play the fight song. Play Smokey <laughs> Howling in the wind. Rocky Top gets the win. Rocky Top stays on top. And the college football world right now goes through the goes through the hallowed halls of Neyland Stadium where Robert Neyland uh, won canvas that sideline. Tennessee's the best team in college football. I just don't see them tripping up in Athens this weekend. I'm scared, honestly, because if they win this game, if Tennessee win this game, you got to wonder, you know, I know the game's in Athens, but are the Tennessee fans going to run back to Neyland and rip off the, uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the post there and throw it in the Tennessee River again? I mean, I don't know. I don't want that to happen again, but you have to imagine if they win this game, it's going to be so rowdy over there in Knoxville, right? It really is. And you know what's, uh, what's funny is the fact that all these Tennessee fans, and I've got a lot of Tennessee friends, a lot of them have been waiting their entire life. Last time they won a national championship, a lot of them were toddlers, two, three, four. Some not even old. born. Oh, yeah, some of them were not even born. And, you know, the thing about it is, and we saw this with Memphis uh, back in 2019 when the Tigers got to the Cotton Bowl, uh, you might hate the Vols, you might not like the Vols, you might not like the fans. But it is good for the state of Tennessee to get the, get the national press, just like it was good when Ole Miss and Mississippi State were good in 2014 and 2050. It is good for the state of Tennessee when all eyes are turned to the state, and it really shines a positive light. I mean, Tennessee's got several kids from the city of Memphis. Some of them played at Briarcrest, some of them played at Laws and so on, and it really sheds a positive light on this beautiful state of ours. That's right, and you said this is really great for Tennessee, and I think another reason, too, is because if you're a Memphis fan, man, it's been really tough, and you're going to be at the Liberty Bowl game tomorrow how do you see Memphis beating UCF? Do you think this game is kind of a lost cause at this point, or do you think Memphis can really pull this one away and win? 
You know, that's a that's a really good question. A lot of it's going to come down to, does John Rice Plumley play for UCF? Last week, he uh, suffered a concussion, a mild concussion, his first one. Does UCF sit him? Do they play him? He's questionable. Uh, it's going to be a game-time decision. I think the Tigers can win this game. It's going to be in the Liberty Bowl where they're almost unbeatable. Memphis has got to just find a way to close out the games. I mean, mm-hmm. they have been so close for so long, and the Tigers just cannot get over that threshold. I mean, you go back to the Houston game, you go back to East Carolina, the Tigers had double-digit leads heading into the fourth quarter and gave them up. Saturday in the Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium, they have got to find a way to win. they got to find a way to protect the 9-1 because this is our city and this is our team. Last question for you, Mitch, and this is probably one that I'm so curious about because we all know some of the top teams in college football. It's so obvious. We've been talking about them all year long. But I'm curious, is there a dark horse college team that you think could potentially sneak into the college football playoffs? TCU. Absolutely TCU. Right now, TCU is putting up offensive numbers that rival that of Tennessee. Obviously, the Big 12 is down. They've already beaten Kansas State. They've already beaten OU, and they've already beaten Oklahoma State. I know they have Texas remaining on the schedule, which I think is next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, TCU is a dark horse to me to make the college football playoff. And I tell you, a team that's not out of it are the Ole Miss Rebels. I know that Ole Miss lost against LSU last week, but if Ole Miss can string together a couple wins, including a win over Alabama, we can start talking like Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels could somehow sneak their way in to the 2023 college football playoff. Mitch, I am so happy that you joined the show. You, you know everything about college football. You're my college football guru, pretty much. And I'm just so thankful that you are able to join today, tonight. I think this is the last broadcast that I'm doing because, unfortunately, our Briarcrest team did lose tonight. But uh, thank you for joining the show. And, of course, we're so happy to have you, uh, you know, for our normal morning show. You, we have you on the show. So for those listening, uh, tune in because we have Mitch talking more college football uh, in the week as, you know, the college football playoffs are ahead. Mitch, thank you so much for joining the show. Hey, thank you so much, man. It's great to talk with you. Go Tigers tomorrow and go Vols. All right. Well, that was Mitch Davis. He is the host of the Mitch Davis Show. And we're going to finish off uh, this final uh, post-game broadcast with some scores. uh, And then we'll leave you into the weekend. Uh, So to finish off some final scores, St. Benedict losing their season against Chattanooga McCalley 42-6. Chattanooga McCalley advancing to the second round of the playoffs. MUS advancing to the second round as well. That final score is 17 to 10. And Father Ryan had a pretty good shot of actually uh, making it a close game. It was 17 to 10. That's within a touchdown. And you're thinking Father Ryan at one point had a chance to win this game, but MUS did pull away. Covington and Hamilton. That game is over. Covington's going to win 42 to 6. And Covington will be playing Millington for the second round in the playoffs. Uh, Dyer County and Henry County, 28 to 0. Dyer County losing that game. Another team that lost Melrose, the top seeded in their bracket. They had a 9-1 season, and again, another disappointing year for Melrose, specifically uh, more, more, more extreme for Melrose because it was a turnaround from last year, and they lose 42-32. Their season is over. They lost to Obion County, uh, who was 5-5 five five at the time. Unfortunately, that is it for Melrose, and that's unfortunately it for Craigmont as well, who had quite the turnaround season. Their season is over after losing to South Gibson, and again, it's just really tough to see that. Carville losing a, uh, to uh, Brentwood High School. Brentwood will be playing Bartlett in the second round. That's it for Carville. Again, we've been talking about Carville all week as one of the top teams in Memphis, but all of a sudden, round one, their season is over with. And that is just something really tough 
for for Kyrville, I'm sure. Houston and Independence, they're going to be playing. They're going to they're, that game's over. That gets final score is going to be 27 to 10. Houston winning that game. They're going to be playing Germantown next week, uh, as Germantown beat Ravenwood. Uh, this uh, tonight, thirty to thirteen. That's a final score as well. So you're looking at Germantown and Houston. What a matchup that's going to be uh, for uh, for for the second round of the playoffs. We also have uh, Centennial and Bartlett. That's going to be a final score. Uh, Bartlett winning that game, forty six to twenty eight. They're going to be playing Brentwood as I said uh, not too long ago. So congratulations to Bartlett moving on to the second round. We also have Memphis Central and Springfield. Springfield leading that game, twenty seven to seven. Uh, and then we also have Fairley and Camden. That's a final score of 54 to 26. Union City and Freedom Prep. Union City winning that game 41 to 12. And then we also have Christ Presbyterian Academy and Boyd Buchanan. Christ Presbyterian winning that game 27 to 16. Uh, Presbyterian will be playing Laws and in the second round uh, next week. Um, so that'll be very fun to keep up with. Guys, that's going to be it for the final broadcast of, uh, the, of, of high school football. And I definitely want to thank... All of our sponsors uh, with Magnolia Homes, Peer Financial Advisors, EPM Appraisals uh, for our, our sponsorship and just how great it's been to cover high school football in the Mighty 990. Uh, what a season it's been for uh, for Briarcrest. Unfortunately, it was kind of a roller coaster season, but I will say, and I'm speaking for everyone, me, Josh, and Parker, how fun it's been to cover this team uh, in this season. It's been such a roller coaster, not even just in terms of Briarcrest season. But just in terms of just the just the broadcasting side, we've had really big ups. We've had some pretty tight downs, and and but all in all, just what an opportunity, guys. We're gonna be back next year, hopefully, uh, to do more football coverage. Keep an eye on Twitter uh, for you know the rest of the playoffs because you know the games aren't over. There's gonna be a lot of playoff action continuing. But guys, uh, I'm Josh Rivera, and I'm just so happy that I've been able to contribute to uh, the show, giving you live updates all throughout the year. But that's it for Briarcrest, guys. It's winter go home, and unfortunately, Briarcrest season is over with. 35-13, to Briarcrest is going home. For me, Josh, and Parker, we are so thankful to give you all the coverage here on the Mighty 990. Have a great weekend, guys, and we will see you next year.